peace, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much. Tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am your host, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It is my pride and privilege to be doing so. Thank you all very much. Please go ahead and follow my posts through social media as well as my own webpage for new episodes as well as dank memes and dark web evidence. All my links available through Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan all lowercase. Thank you all very much in advance for that. We're going to be jumping into a conversation with the reality czars once again. The realities are is once again, we've already spoken twice on this podcast program, had a great experience, both times a blast, very receptive host, very inquisitive, very curious, as well as very, um, you know, supportive and welcoming to my ideas, etc. So it's, it's absolutely a pleasure to be returning once again to this for the third time. It's going to be uh, a subject that I generally want to kind of, uh, even publicly say, want to move away from, which is the occult, which is the um, interpretations of Gnosis and Gnosticism, uh, world mythologies, human psychologies, archetypes, uh, universal concepts, um, forces greater than man, but internally, universally, a part of mankind. World religions, uh, cult groups, ideologies, etc. Because it's just so much to have to handle and research and to uh, constantly put energies uh, towards. UFOs can take a lifetime as well as military conspiracies alone and putting them all together with the secret space program. Um, the Beyond Top Secret Texan previously, though, has under different titles and different eras of the last two years as a functioning, regularly produced podcast has fully indulged in the gnosis, the occult, the legendary, the mythological, the 
otherworldly presented in our own world, the ancient, as well as the, um, you know, current and modern, um, most progressive understandings of this alchemical, uh, transformation internally from the spiritual, uh, from merely the sensory, from the darkness to the light, from death into life, um, type subject. So it'll be great to be going back to it, but this is more kind of to say my last piece on it. Unless, you know, of course, things in their foreseeable future, such as uh, uh, meeting certain people or that I could feel get it or on the level. So this will be uh, kind of a rare treat moving forward into the future, especially into the next calendar year, as I've already written down the subject matter I want to kind of cover or the direction I want this channel to go to. Um, this would be a very uh, nice remembrance of that occult and uh, legendary um, mythological slash um, Gnostic channel direction of yesterday. So yeah, we'll be speaking on Reality Czars about the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine as well as the third option, which is the balance between the two in this uh this idea of that emerging as this triumvirate of competing uh secret societies because we'll be delving into the secret societies we'll be going both gold pill and black pill on this one and um good news and bad news type deal the darkness and the light but we won't be holding anything back we won't be censoring anything and definitely uh, will be telling it as I see it from my own unique perspective. So thank you very much for joining us and listening. Thank you very much in advance. Next time you'll hear my voice, it will be speaking to the reality czars on their podcast. All right. Awesome, dude. All right. Let's All sync right. it up. But yeah, definitely. Um, lead the way. Lead, lead the show. Live right now on my end. Sorry. There we go. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate. Dude, I'm honored and privileged. I'm talking to Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you, brother, for coming on. This is part three. And you were just explaining a little bit that this is like something that you used to touch on back in the day and that you've kind of moved away from a little bit of this stuff. And 
we, we might be one of the last ones you do. So I'm really excited to talk about this particular topic we're talking about. So we're talking about like secret societies slash like the Gnosis, Gnostic, deep occult knowledge, and maybe how it ties into all of this crazy shit. Well, uh, not, that sounds awesome, and I love it. So. Yeah, yeah. I not only touched on it, built my channel on it, and not only that, but built my research on a lot of that, specifically secret societies, uh, the various belief systems that they hold, uh, what people would call the occult in general, Gnostic learning, teachings, for everything from alchemy to uh, Zoroastrianism. And, and everything in between. Uh, people would call it religious studies. People would call it, um, you know, ancient knowledge. People would call it a cult. And this is an interesting way to start because everything that we're speaking about now, say, for example, in a Catholic community during the days of the Inquisition would be considered satanic, would be considered witchcraft, would be considered absolutely, uh, you know, no, that would be, uh, oh, you know, verboten, uh, taboo to even understand what Hinduism is. So, and, and the well, same thing with Islam. So fascinating, man. Islam. Like the early if, roots of Christianity yeah. are way more esoteric than people even realize, and how oh, yeah. much it was occulted by the Catholic Church and put in a box, and I'm discovering this for myself, and it's it's wild, dude. Oh, it's been a really fun discovery. To you like, look at yeah, modern discover. societies. Yeah, you look at modern societies like Islam. Saudi Arabia, what we were talking about right now, would get you killed or arrested um, as a heretic. Uh, any, any content or if you had any material on this, it would be considered witchcraft, uh, for example. And this is a real thing in real societies today. And it needs to be known that the Inquisition did not stop. It only ended in countries where people were able to establish basic human rights of religious freedoms, etc. And even then, it's only specifically because of the, if you want to look at it from real world politics, because we live in a, um, basically a heretical witchcraft society under the Anglosphere British monarchy, which is 100% uh, real, if you just look into anything, like the the British Queen is a Druid. She was initiated into the Druid rites, you know, as well as being an Anglican, and she, her coronation was on the Stone of Jacob, you know, and as it, like, like it all is tied into it as, uh, when you start looking into all these things, like you said, the Gnostic, the occult, quote-unquote occult symbolic, um, references to these fundamental universal spiritual concepts becomes more and more apparent as your eyes literally open um, and what we have known about in popular society because we're in a small dark age as it is getting out of it is the quote unquote Illuminati or quote unquote uh, you know whatever that means to everybody uh, usually pyramids eyes of providence uh which are themselves, uh, you know, Kabbalistic slash Christian esoteric, uh, specifically Jehovian uh, and representations of Jehovah, which is a Old Testament reference to the Christian God, and which in Catholic uh, societies is actually illegal, is actually taboo and considered witchcraft. Like I said before, tie it all together. So even the mention of back then that Jehovah was God, it literally took the centuries of Jewish mystics and the Kabbalistic traditions to, like, you know, 
um, literally uh, perform heresies under candlelight and midnight under pain of death if they were ever discovered uh, to find out the ancient text that it was, you know, J-H-V-H, Jehovah, and that that one discovery, even though it seems very innocuous, even though it seems very innocent, would have got you burned at the stake if you had told a Catholic priest that, that the Lord's name was Jehovah. Which was, you know, you're trying to, and that's the people that you realize. Interesting. We've we've progressed so far. As, uh, when did that come around? As like, cause, I mean, because I was taught that as a kid, we'd sing songs about Jehovah. Of course. Like, when did that become a regular, like, what? like accepted? Oh, when America yeah. in in America, one hundred percent in America. That was where literally all the quote unquote uh, refugees from the European purges. Uh, Protestants after the the Huguenots etc came over and they brought all these Gnostic traditions. The Knights Templar had already set up established Rosicrucians, Rosicrucians, the Welsh uh, with their Arthurian mythos, uh, Native Americans also. uh, There are synagogues they've been finding in Wisconsin that are hundreds of uh, hundreds of years older than even the colonies of the thirteen colonies. So. The, the Mormons believe that the 13th tribe, the lost tribe of Israel, sailed to America in arcs and set up colonies and basically populated the entire North American continent. Um, this is ver- this is synchronous, uh, syncretic, whatever the word I'm looking for is, with, say, the Vikings and their founding of Greenland, Vineland, and then their um, supposed even founding of the Aztec Empire as the blue-eyed, blonde-haired uh, tribe of Dan. And tribe of Dan is also the Vikings who founded Russia and who are also the Atlanteans, the Scythians, these blonde-haired Nordic sea peoples. But they're not Nordic, they're Israelite who fled Israel. <laughs> Have you done any research on this? Like, I was listening to, uh, I, I think he's some sort of, doctor he's some sort of historian i was listening to him on a podcast uh on an awesome podcast um uh, uh shout out to andreas exertus dude his show is one of the best dude do you ever do you ever listen to andreas exertus no I, really I, check out his channel man i, I actually uh, do awesome. most of my research through uh public library stuff bill cooper's uh i love bill, bill cooper's uh mystery yeah. school series was very yeah. eye-opening and that's like basically I'm about halfway through that. I started getting burnt out, but I'm about halfway through that series right now. It's really good. It's really good. No, that, that was that was yeah. a classic. And then I also like uh, mythology, ancient mysteries, mythology seven. That creator A. Christie, he's a British uh, researcher. He publishes a lot on YouTube about the Sumerian. Send me, send me his channel. Send yeah, me channel after this. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want to check that out. And I'm going to send you this. This blew my fucking mind. Tell me what you think about this. Like, tell me if you've done any research that backs this up or what your thoughts are on this concept. He was basically saying that, like, uh, almost, oh, man, I don't, I don't even want to fucking ruin it. So I'm just going to like basically lay out the premise of it. Was just that like most of Europe and basically all of like what we would consider the Middle East and probably North Africa and, like, into Asia, like, they all spoke Arabic. Arabic was the main, like, that was, like, the trade language, kind of how, like, English is now. You know how, like, almost everybody has no English, right? And so he was finding, uh, this guy has been, like, looking and finding artifacts that, like, are well before the time of, like, Christ and things like that, like, like old stuff, um, like, in 
like ancient, like what would be like Scandinavia-ish areas, like in Denmark and Sweden and stuff, and then all the way in Ireland, like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, with like it would have like Celtic symbols on it, so it's like a Celtic coin or something like that, right? But then it would also have Arabic writing on it, and it would say like uh, Allah is the one true God, and mm-hmm. on it, and, and crazy stuff like that, and it was just. Like, this theory was just blowing my mind that basically, like, even the ancient Hebrew, like, that, like, uh, they were actually speaking, like, Aramaic, right? And Mm -hmm. Aramaic was just a dialect of Arabic. Arabic. And so it's like, all of this was Arabic, and they had way more influence than, Mm -hmm. like, than we give them credit for, and it was a huge cover-up, and maybe that has something to do with Tartaria, too, like, and the reset and covering up, like, this old history that, like, the Arabic language and the Arabic... Arabic people had way more mm-hmm. like than we ever even knew and it just blew my fucking mind dude he was rewriting history in my head I was like holy shit and that makes way more sense yeah and things like um, Islam in the Arabic world is yeah. uh, we have it confused as Islam being uh, something that progresses the ancient world actually um, Islam was set to war against the previously existing pagan Arabic world and uh, through their uh, military efforts, they were able to destroy literally all of history, including burning the libraries of Alexandria, including decapitating all the scholars of Baghdad. Um, they did shit that people um, still are, 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 are having to figure out because the records were so destroyed. Like cities, all of the ruins are because of the Islamic revolt. Like the reason why Babylon doesn't exist why the gardens of Babylon are gone, why the Seleucid Empire is, is there's really no evidence of it, even though it was Alexander the Great's absolute direct descendants, the Greeks, when they ruled that area, including when the time of Jesus, when he was born, was a Seleucid Empire-controlled Jerusalem. And the reason why they were giving taxation to the Romans is because the Seleucid Empire had been subjugated by Rome. And so the reason why well, the Jerusalem... Dude, the, Rome, actually, for a while, he was explaining that they had a Muslim uh, Caesar. Yep. That, that it had been taken over. Well, like, and so like, and the the Catholic Church doesn't recognize it, and like they're like, no, that never happened. But like the Orthodox Church definitely recognizes oh, yeah. it, and they're like, no, that absolutely happened. I, I, there's a reason me? why Russians are Muslim. There's a reason why there's the the Copula domes in Moscow and the Kremlin. Those are Muslim buildings. Tartaria is a pro- is an Ur Dude, Muslim. You might be right about that. They no, do th- look Muslim. There's People a lot to that. Don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about that. And they made that's fascinating. And they've made up this this concept of Genghis Khan. And I know that's not what we're going to talk about in this episode. But they also made up the idea of Mongols and the Huns as this idea of why. Uh, cultural diffusion occurred so rapid, like that's like oh, well, these these people were just riding horses all around the world, and that's why all these things kind of. And you're like, or was there really a global, intermixed international uh, society, like trade system and travel system, which would blow people's minds that, like, uh, there is a movie with Antonio Banderas as a Spanish Muslim prince who is sent to live with Vikings. As a ambassador, and this is the thirteenth warrior, and then he goes on the battle and he earns their respect, and he writes the myth of Beowulf in their language English, which becomes and it's all it's it was written by Michael Crichton, so it's not this throwaway thing. It's you know he was this absolutely you know intelligent person who was realizing the significance of that. 
that Muslims in the Islamic world, the Arabic world, is the reason why we have any books or any historical texts of the ancient world at all. And it's through, uh, for example, Islamic mysticism, Sufism, and uh, Yazidism that we have modern-day Gnosticism because it was the, you know, say, for example, the preservation of John the Baptist's works are these apocryphal doctrines. And um, and if anything, Islam is suffering a, a increasing purge against that where even today it seems to be a, like... How Christianity today is seen as the antithesis of all things uh, occult. And the same thing as Orthodox is, uh, uh, Judaism is considered all things anti-Kabbalistic. But really it's not. And anyone who knows the truth knows it's not. They, the people derive their power from masteries of these concepts. Like we're going to talk about the sacred feminine, the divine masculine... And um, the third option, the secret third option, which is the union of both, and this idea of um, non-human existence that is both existences, the Shikana glory of God, as they've talked about it in the, the uh, Kabbalistic traditions or in the Freemasonic or the Southern Baptist even, the Shekinah glory of God, which is the male-female, he-her, she-him, idea of God and this idea of creation in the garden, for example. Uh, fun fact while we get into this, pagan, pagan means um, return to the garden or re-gardening, re uh, which means... Does it really? That's fascinating. And it means to return to the yeah. garden of Eden. It means that you, in every single pagan religion, it's the recreation of the garden of Eden. And that it's every single pagan religion ultimately is the same mythology repackaged. The Garden of Heathen. If you, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Have you have you looked into the garden, the box song at all? That's most fascinating well, thing in it, the world. Man. It, it is. It it's is such a fun thing. It's one of the many uh, alternative slash uh, more symbolic legends of the creation. I actually really encourage people to look into. Uh, the Native American slash uh, Hispanic American areas mythologies, and that could be my own because of my own location and traditions and culture. But the Mayan and Aztec er uh, birth cycles of the Earth and the origin cycles and shit like that—that that shit blows my fucking we're, mind. Popovol. We should do an episode on that. The Popovol uh, and stuff. Way off oh, topic if we start talking about this. But well, that's really, no, because shit, it, yeah, it all involves it. the divine masculine, divine feminine, and the secret Absolutely. third option. Now, this is where um, we'll get into it. I have a good side and the bad side. I have the the highly significant occult, like symbolic individual side, then the real world black pill side and what's going on with these forces currently um but keep in mind that in everything these forces exist and they play themselves out these are universal realities not mere concepts and not mere things to be believed in or not they are realities in all things they form the the basis for human psychology or human identity or even what it means to be uh, intelligent or uh, spiritual. And these are, at very at the very fundamental levels, in, so intangible, so metaphysical. They are thoughts. They are feelings. They are um, experiences that, that 
every human being, you know, every single human being out of the seven point whatever billion, nearly eight billion human beings, every single human being has a spirit and a soul. It is beyond language. It is beyond time and space. It is, you know, part of the great universal thing, right? So that's my own like kind of disclaimer when we get into it. Because uh, I will lay into it. I will I will lay into both of them and talk about how they've produced a lot of evils in this world. For however much good they produce, that they produce so much evil because of it. And this is the, yeah, this is I mean, what we exist in. I think it's specific groups though that like <coughs> cult and take over these things. And like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, because I'll, I'll tell you like where I'm at. Like uh, I'll tell you my bias. I am a Christian. I call I call myself a Christ follower. Right. So like philosophically, I. Try to be Christ-like. That is, that's my goal. So I don't necessarily, I don't even like to use the word Christian because Christianity has so much baggage attached to it. So I will tell you that is my bias, and I think that Christianity has definitely been like co-opted and occulted and turned into something ugly. Because like I, like to me, when I hear things about like you know uh, what the heck with when, when they were uh, you know killing all the well basically when they were killing all the Jewish people in uh, in in Spain, what was that called? You know what I'm talking about? The Inquisition. Uh, yeah, the Inquisition, things like that. Like, that has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. Oh, yeah. Catholicism Zero. has nothing to do with nothing. Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. has so, like, I hate when people are like, well, Christianity has caused so much bloodshed. You know, I'm like, yes, it has. Mm. The co option of Christianity, and they've done these things in the name of Christianity. No, let's, and it's disgusting. Let's start it's with evil. Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Catholicism, yeah. and let's see how, let's break this down into the divine masculine, divine feminine battle within Catholicism and what Catholicism truly is. Uh, Catholicism is, is for the tomb. It's, it's a, a, a catacomb, right? It was the idea of death, so it's a death cult. But the idea of the Virgin Mary is the uh, adoption of the pagan concept of the sacred feminine in the form of Isis and in the form of Hera and the form of this the virginal goddesses Aphrodite, Artemis, Demeter, all of that the cons it was pick and choose, but the most conceptual realities of it was attributed to the Virgin Mary, uh, most blessed upon all women. That's what I'm saying. Like the idea of Catholics was the Virgin Mary was the divine feminine, and the divine masculine. Uh, very interestingly, so so this is the gateway to it. The divine masculine is best represented. Um, in Catholic in Catholicism as the Pope, not Christ, but the Pope through God. Because the idea of Christ in Catholicism is that Christ is that third option, the, the binding and communion of two of those forces, the divine for God impregnating the sacred feminine, the cosmic egg, which is what's known traditionally in ancient uh, lore, versus the sky god, Zeus, Saturn, uh, these these heavenly father figures which come into the world in the Greek pantheon and the Roman pantheon, which was adopted from the Greek. Uh, you can see the story in Poseidon, Zeus, Hades, these hyper-only masculine figures uh, approach divinely feminine women and take them for bridegrooms, and then from the brides, they either produce the children, which become demigods, and which who live out their, their heroic cycles on earth, right? Which is the entire reason why Catholicism has based the life and times of Jesus Christ. So if you want to get even crazier, 
Personally, just as an A-side, I hold to the theory that Jesus Christ and Julius Caesar were one in the same figure, and historically, they have split the two because also it's... Also, Muhammad, I've heard the same thing. Yeah, well, and but Krishna and all kinds Muhammad of... Muhammad was yeah, definitely things, yeah. uh, uh, Catholic. Definitely, first a pagan Arab, but married to a Catholic woman of great fortunes. And intentionally educated in the ways of the religions the, of Abraham, of the monotheistic religions of Abraham, so that Islam would be traditionally an Abrahamic religion, and thus get cre- uh, abilities to convert the local uh, now rebellious and absolutely like bandit tribes and nomad tribes of the ex-Jews who were forced into the deserts after Rome and, you know, burned down Jerusalem, the temple, and scattered them to the winds. So after that, which is a hilarious case, uh, that that there is no real link to true Israel or the of the Old Testament, that Judea, the North Kingdom, went up to the Ukraine, and then they were the Khazars from there on. And then, then the Islamic world and the Christian world, which they tried to escape, crushed into them. And then they had to disseminate and become the diaspora. And then the Israelis actually became the Arabic Middle Eastern peoples, the Palestinians, etc., who over time um, let themselves be converted over to the earliest ages of Islam. They're the ones who burned down the Dude, libraries of Alexandria, etc. There's a ton of those... Uh of those Muslim Palestinians that were, they were Jews. They actually were Jews, but they just found it easier to get along, to go oh, yeah. along, you know, and they were just like, okay, yeah, we're, we're If you look at it, the... Muslims. But, like, to me, dude, they're the only ones that have the true, like, if you want to talk about, like... Coptic this, Christians? Promised land. Yeah. Yeah, they're the only ones that actually have any real, like, bloodline attachment to that land anymore. Well, like, the rest of it is just, to me, like, I don't, I don't even think that the Kaiser, the Khazars... Uh, had is like Jewish blood. I don't think so, and no. I don't think any of the Ashkenazi Jews have any fucking actual genetic tie to that land. I think I just see it as like European imperialism no. two point Yeah, and, like, and you get the idea that uh, Jesus Christ inv- uh, cut off that covenant and closed the old book, so it's a relevant issue. But at the same time, the only true Israelites would be the tribe of Dan, who are the Vikings, who are the. Uh, Anglo Anglo Saxon world and stuff. That's cool. No, and you think about you know like that's why Queen Elizabeth has the stone of Jacob under the crown of the church of of the of the Queen of England, and you're like why? And you're like because they they think that they literally have the the genealogies of the like you know when they say the bloodline of Christ the Holy Grail that's what they mean are the last provable bloodlines to the. Days of Israel, the twelve tribes of Israel. So I've a hundred percent heard that before. That that is what they're talking about. But I've also heard that these people literally don't think that they have that blood. They think that they have the blood of uh, of the Canaanites of of Cain, of uh, Cain right? Don't, mm-hmm. Is it so? Well, it's all it the same because it comes from Adam. It's all the same because it comes from Adam. Yeah. The original divine male um, archetype for most of this. Is oh actually he's actually he's the, the he's the archetype of the third option the sun the product the the very strange existential creation of the sun figure which is a combination of both with Eve being the divine feminine or Lilith being the divine feminine originally and God being the divine masculine the Saturnic demiurge figure because ultimately no matter what Catholic uh, Kabbalistic Jew. 
uh, you know, Muslim um, or any of the, say, Asian religions, the cults there, um, or any of the South American or or, uh, Western Hemisphere religions, the cult religions, it's ultimately easiest understood as this. Divine Feminine is Sophia, knowledge, birth, fertility, um, all the feminine, like, instinctively, intuitively, sixth sense feminine attributes to the yin. The, 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 you know, like even that which cannot be understood but is just inherently understood as this one idea of the spectrum, right? And the spectrum has the middle part, which is pure neutrality, and then goes into the masculine. And the divine masculine is not an earthly presence. It is a heavenly force, an outside force, as far outside of the force as you can get that pushes into you as a penetrative phallic action to inseminate, to bring that fluid into the cosmic egg or into the cosmic womb or the great yoni or the great... And this is going to get really kind of... Because it is. It ultimately is how life starts, how life is conceived, is the mixture, is the meaning of the union of these two absolutes, which produces the secret third thing, which is just existence itself, which is just creation itself uh, without identity, without gender, without uh, being, without a physical substance, without a form. It's just an intelligence that free floats. It's the idea of God being everything all around us and nothing at all at the same time. And that's the truth. All Gnostics and all true Christians and all true Jews and all true Muslims know that through Scripture it clearly states in dozens and dozens of ways that God is not human, God is not understandable, God is the beyond an ultimate meta-concept of which all concepts are inferior in scope and importance. It literally created the entire universe uh, and is beyond it. When the universe ends, it will still exist. It has no attachment to anything in this physical dimension or world. It has no form or function beyond it can create all form and function. It has no... um, uh, There is no way to judge its actions for there is no way to understand it. And because it is literally the life spark inside all, and all their destiny and action is completely within its, like, you know, mastery and knowledge. And uh, in much the same way John Baptist said, God does not need Abraham, God can make children from stone. It is a purely existing life force that is literally beyond the flesh world or the world of men and women. But the divine masculine, divine feminine are purely within the mental and only the mental because this is a spiritual mental uh, phenomenon at all to even express reality in these terms uh, because the most accurate way is the third option is the the idea of christ of being in pure acceptance in the moment zen where all your powers are then unlocked and you literally are like walking on water because you are literally lighter than any concern of the moment any you know, that's much of what he said, like, it's, it's you know, there is no concern or love of this world. It, there is only a love of being, of the Father, of creation, of these uh, concepts. Even then, the, new, the testaments that we read, the King James Version of the Bible, which I have read cover to cover, was written by Freemasons, was written by divine masculine principle worshippers, 
and all the language is absolutely skewed favorably in one direction or the other. So just to get that kind of out of the way. Now, you can still love Christ and you can still love God, but you have to know that if the Catholic Church is one way corrupted, then Protestant churches are also the same way corrupted. And they are also divine masculine. They teach you that women are evil and that, in fact, in many cases, that Satan is a woman. And in many, in the black pill discussion I'm going to go into, they, well, they have fully embraced it. If you look into, say, witchcraft, uh, vampirism, things like that. These are women-led cults. These are female-oriented, hecate, chaos, goddess-worshipping. Uh, there's a whole say, there's a whole shadow. For all things that exist, the shadow, right? And even though you may have the best white-sided magician, law and order, abiding, holy, sacred, feminine, druid, wicked, you know, Mother Earth-worshipping people, you have Lilith worshippers, who are the incarnation of all rage and pain, revenging the the fate of women by murdering babies, by killing people, their men who they sacrifice to their goddess. Midsummer. Do you think that has anything to do with look maybe, at Midsummer? Uh, the cult folks that uh, and you know the the uh, eugenicists that like started Planned Parenthood because that seems a hell of a lot like they're yes. a hell of a lot of babies and they're. They're very protective over it. It's, Re- today. Uh, very interesting thing. To, today, October 3rd, 2022, the Church of Satan filed a motion against the Supreme Court against the uh, banning of abortion because it violates their religious freedoms. This is absolutely... in the murder our babies. Exactly. It's <laughs> part of our religion. It's part yeah. of their religion. And now I'm not saying that there is... Uh, I'm not saying that this is good in any form. I'm not saying that. But it is absolutely the natural progression beyond these occult societies. And I say I hate these societies with the passion. I studied them as the enemy. And I studied them for wanting to know why evil exists in this world. And one of the reasons is because both the divine masculine and the divine feminine cults of this world can be perverted to go to extremes and with the divine masculine, you have Moloch, and then you have Baal. And both of those are extreme masculine, homosexual gods that do not seek creation, but seek the ultimate masculine act of destruction. They are the bull god. They are the horn god. Their sacred rites include homosexual rape. They are the ones who prefer trans men into women. Um... Where that's it's a it's a woman but with a phallus with a, with a dick, that that's what they prefer because they do not want any part of the feminine. They want only the masculine. This is the kind of mentality where you see two fully butch masculine guys fucking each other, and it's great. That's what the Moloch Church is. That is the in in all history. That's who worshipped and performed the infant sacrifices because maternity uh, slash, you know, the maternal instinct to raise a child is feminine. And the most masculine thing to do is to be able to look at a child and then throw it into a fire for your bull god to give you a massive erection so you could fuck boyfriends and your tranny dudes. And it's a absolute dark black hole of a belief, but it's been existent yeah, for thousands of years. Awful. Now, if you so look at the what inverse... What this makes me think of real what, fast, uh, 
Okay, sorry. What, what this made me think of real fast is I had heard these stories. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Crazy Bone that said this uh, rapper back in the day was talking about how uh, black rap was co-opted, he said, by these specific corporations, and they wanted to make rap more violent, more, like, like just terrible, basically, mm-hmm. right? Just to influence the culture so it would, because they were, uh, like, attached to private prisons. These guys were, like people that were like in corporations attached to private prisons they wanted more young black men to go to prison uh because they were going to get a cut and so the record industry was like shaking hands with the private prison industry and saying like hey we're going to make an agreement we're going to make we're going to promote and push more violent terrible hip-hop that will get more young black men into prisons and so they just had this like cycle like this whole thing and then what, then they can never, well, I, I don't vote myself because I'm an anarchist, but uh, you lose your voting rights, so you lose your, you know, your, I guess, your voice in that weird sense, if your vote even counts, I don't think it does. But then you also lose any legitimate right to self-defense. You can never legally own a firearm, and if you have one, I could put your ass right back in prison, you know what I mean? And it was a way to control the black men. And then also, dude, I was hearing about these, like, really rich music execs that like to, there's this like ritualistic uh, sex magic ritual they call like breaking the bull. So they want to get the most like big masculine black man mm-hmm. that's like, and they want to rape him. Yep. They want to have sex with him. And it, that made me think of like you're describing the Moloch rituals. This would make a lot of sense if this was like a Moloch thing. Yes. it's, it's uh, Like these people were. Ceremonial yeah, homosexuality. Yeah, ceremonial homosexuality, yeah. which is in rap, which is absolutely one of the subtexts of rap, is that it's 100% the co-option of queer black culture, and that's just an A-side. Uh, but, like, no, 100%, that's, that's, the, that's the black magic influence. That's the corruption of secret societies into the real world, where something as innocent as music, which is sold to people, you know, as one thing is because black magic is all deception, it's all an illusion, it's all subliminal, that the iconography and the messages and the the situ- the climates that it creates are the spell, are the ritual itself. And there's a reason why Easy E died of AIDS, for example. And then I'm saying, like, before we uh, we can go into an entire episode on the the hidden and subtextual world, the, the secret society of music. But um, yeah, we should. There is a, a reason uh, to tie that. I just want to tie in that what I meant, <coughs> like they're sending them to prison. It's like then in prison. You oh, know super masculine. Yeah, the it's division. Huge rape society. Yeah. and they allow it to happen. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole yeah, case so. of this. Um, oh, prisons are themselves extremely black magic ritual sacrifice things, satanic oh, in the, the very like design. That they're designed like pentagrams and like shit like that. They're fucked up. And I was like, prisons are super fucked up. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, with the Moloch culture and everything like that, the the bull breaking that there's its presence in every aspect of all sexual abuse, all ritual abuse, all like major pedophilia, all major serial killers. There is that included in satanic rituals of all kinds, Wiccan rituals, Freemasonic rituals of certain degrees. Uh, for example, the um, the the mortar spade 
The mortar spade is symbolic for a, a mason who has gone through ritualistic sodomy. And that is a bond between brothers as it's represented as that. Because the Freemasons worship the divine masculine. They worship an architect, a grand architect, who is Hiram Labiff. And those people back in the King Solomonic days practiced ritual sodomy. It was the church... It was I would the, love to do an episode just on Hiram... Hiram... What the hell is his name? Hiram Labiff. Hiram Labiff. Yep. I would love to do an episode on that and just the building of Solomon's Temple and uh, the actual like meaning of Solomon's Temple. Yep. It's pretty fucking wild, man. But I was going to go into... Uh, about yeah, into the other side. And here's the thing with the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were... Exactly the same as I'm describing now. By the time of the of Jesus Christ, he is referring to the this synagogue of Satan, the Pharisees, because they aren't any part the same as the Exodus Hebrews, the ones who built the Temple of Solomon. They are this uh, weird, degenerate society, a secret society that is the Freemasons, that is that culture that is that black and white uh, secret ranked degree system and that's Mr. who he's railing yeah. against and that's why um, when the concepts of uh, Freemasonry come up it's all about the fact that they're trying to deny that they are the Pharisees they're trying to deny that they are literally the ones who lost the temple and who were given the responsibilities, and they're trying to rebuild the temple, the third temple, and uh, that's a big push of theirs, is to rebuild the third temple, to rebuild it again. And this is creating the new world order, etc. And as I said, it's a reason why they're motivated. Now, what's the motivation? Oh, so you have the NWO. So what does the NWO do? Just, you know, say, make black people fuck each other in the ass? No, they're trying to rebuild the third temple, but keep the other nations down so that they can achieve this goal, etc., and like it, but I was gonna say if you go the other way, divine feminine worship, you have your Lilith cults. The Lilith cult demands one thousand infant sacrifices per day. One one thousand sacrifices. You have the Eve cults, the Eve cults of Wicca and of various Gnostic sects like the Cathars, who believe that the spirit of Eve, who bit the apple of knowledge and cast mankind out of the Garden of Eden was the true hero of mankind. These are Promethean cults. These are cults of, like, Harry's. These are the ancient mystery cults. Isis, for example, in ancient Egyptian mythology, stole the secret of creation from Ra, tricked him with her intellect, her cunning, took the secret of life, the power of God, the sun god, the sky father, and gave it to man. And that's why Isis is revered as the goddess of, you know, that she is. That's like, you know, how she, how she's indebted or how people are indebted to her. And she was as equal or even greater than this idea of binaries, the masculine god of Ra, until they made it monotheistic. And all monotheism is choosing one or the other. And historically, the solar cult of divine masculinity has triumphed through um, violence and through ritual rape and through uh, basically the creation of society as we know it, which is 100% the conquest of the Catholic Church, of the Anglo-sphere, etc. 
with the feminine cults weaponizing just the same. Look at how Boudicca, for example, in history treated the Romans by burning down typically cities. Uh, typically, these feminine cults work through fires, work through... I want to play devil's advocate for Boudicca. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I love Boudicca as a historical yeah, figure. No, yeah. Boudicca, but that's well, one, one, one 100%. First of all, if you're invading my home, oh, yeah. I'm going to fucking do anything oh, yeah. to you and fuck you. So that's my first part. And then the second part was like, supposedly, like historically, this was documented. And, you know, I don't know how much history I buy anyways. Her and her virgin daughters were like raped. Raped by the solar and, cult. Her daughters were like fucking, yeah. The, the, the divine masculine cult. And therefore like yeah. ruining them for marriage and all this. All, and it was like done on purpose yes. just to fuck with them. And so, like, anything Bodica did, good. Yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> that the idea of the Bodica war between her and... Which created the empire of the British. The British empire is from Bodica. Um, and the captured Romans and, and those that were Romanized and left behind. Now, there's a... We're not going to go into the complete history of the British Empire, the crypto history of it, but Bodica did not that lose. That would be a fun episode in itself. Yeah, dude. Bodica British, did not British lose. Empire, man. Who I blame every modern problem on the British Empire. We are still part it's of the a, British like Empire. Six yeah. degrees from Kevin Bacon, you know yep. that concept. You yep. can find like every fucking modern problem is is Britain's fault. Yeah, and well, I mean, no, you're absolutely right, and it's because they are a um, a queen. They they have a king, yes, but they are a queen and matriarchy. They are a feminine worshipping society and their royal family is a cult based on the royal feminine, the Santa Sangra, the uh, Holy Grail, which is the divine feminine, as all Dan Brown fans are fully aware of. If you've ever seen um, any of the Dan Brown movies, you know, uh, the Illuminati movies, um, oh, definitely go watch them. Go, go watch those films. They're very much like it's just, you know, like A, B, C, this is, obviously we're telling you what's going on, and you just have to choose to listen or not. It's not a, it's not a film, it is a lesson, kind of, you know, just like a two-hour, yeah. like, lesson on um, the true history of suppression of Jesus Christ's bloodline, of his humanity, of his, um, of, the, of the Catholic Church's, uh, conspiracy of silence and their uh, organized crime syndicate that they call it church and things like that. But yeah, that's thing. Like it, because you you worship the divine masculine does not mean you are inherently one hundred percent right or wrong. But it, people do commit a lot of evil, and one of the main evils that is committed in the name of the divine masculine is ceremonial rape and rape for domination and submission, the breaking of the will, the breaking of the buck, uh, the breaking of the bull. And that is 100% why rape happens in prisons. It's 100% why rape happens in the military. 100% why yeah. rape happens in any institution of power like the cults, the secret societies, and why rape is 100% a part of all these secret societies. All of these secret societies practices ceremonial homosexuality and this is a co-option, yes, of the natural homosexual side of people, but it is only in divine and purely divine masculine worshiping societies where homosexuality and pedophilia, homosexual pedophilia, takes a elect and special ceremonial, almost occult position, which is why in the Catholic Church, priests, priests 
fuck little boys because that is the symptom of a divine masculine worshiping psychology. And I'm saying like, so dude, it's a religious. Just having this conversation, like just the other fucking day, dude. It was like the the promotion of this pedophilia is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. And it, I was like, if I was a homosexual dude, if I was like a gay guy, I'd be like. What the fuck are you guys oh, doing? Like, yep. the, like down in like in Los Angeles and in Austin, Texas, when they're having little boys go on on the stage and do drag queen shows, you're like, if I'm a gay guy, I'm like, first of all, get this fucking kid out of here. Yeah. It's like every gay man I know, they're wild, man. They're they're just great. They're they're great people. They're fun. Like not everyone actually. Some gay guys I know are assholes, but some of the gay guys I know are fucking great. My good friends, and dude, they just want to like do blow back here and then go and have sex in the corner in the, in the skeezy bar and just have, like... That's they, what I'm that's saying. Fake. They're just a bunch it's, of fun, old, adult degenerates. That's, that's what fake. I'm saying. So that's the divine... a place for a yeah. fucking kid, dude. Yeah. And yeah. if I was a gay guy, I'd be like, get these fucking kids out of here. You're, a, you're ruining my vibe. B, why the fuck are... Like, you're giving gay people a terrible name right now. And what now, are you to doing? be honest, what uh, are you guys yeah. doing? To be like, honest, uh, nine out of ten people are not aware of this. They're not awake. They are materialist. They are living in their moment. They don't have an ulterior motive or a connection to any of this. But the people that are in charge of pushing this, because there's someone organizing all this, there's someone allowing it. There was one in I think Dallas where they had armed guards. They had literally guys with the like one in Austin that they had armed guards. Yeah, oh, so was the like, one in Austin? Yeah, they yeah. had. And I was like, so this is this is clearly they're trying to start something, and they want a city. Dude, and they're gonna get something if you keep pushing yeah. like that, dude. Honestly, and that's that's part of like that's also part of the talk that like I've been having with folks. Mm-hmm. It's like all it's gonna take is like all of these things are from countries that are like rich and opulent and we have all this like extra wealth and we can be these weird circus freaks and like that shit doesn't happen in fucking like that shit doesn't happen in Afghanistan well I don't know some other way no, see, Afghanistan but, you know what I mean no, but that shit like, I will say this uh, countries, in all like, seriousness uh, pedophilia is a problem worldwide and it's it's a right, it's but, a symptom of a good society like ours that is finally able to ethically stand up against it because I would say the, uh, regardless of what the culture tradition is, children are not respected or given rights, and they're not treated like human beings, regardless of society. Same thing You're as slaves. Right, regardless like, of society, about, yes, a slave they can be used for slave labor like, by their parents. They can also. It's like if I if I fucking smack you. Mm. What I, I think can is, get arrested and go to jail for assault. What I think is if fucked up. If that's a child and I smack them. And what I think is fucked up is how do? they are treated in, in schools. They are abused and they are co-opted and indoctrinated. You're putting your child in, in a, a public school indoctrination yeah, camp. Exactly. If you sign away your rights to the government. The second you let them darken that doorway and you sign that shit, yep. then you know what? The government can do any medical treatment they want on your kids because it's called compl- uh, implied consent. Yep. They've told me this shit. Like, they can go and put, like, fluoride treatments all over your kids' teeth. They can fucking give them any vaccine. They can give them hormone replacement therapy. They can do anything. They can fucking do whatever they want. Yep. Why? Because you implied the consent when you brought your child here. Yep. And it's, it's... So if you fucking taking your child to 
a public school, you're a fucking fool. It's you're well, the idea fool. itself. There's a huge reason in the understanding America as trying to create the perpetual and forever child, in which it's a yes. it's a even more fucked up understanding where a person is only valued or important in their youth. And that's it. And it goes into like so much of this, but like, um, as it goes into so much and it's so much fucked up shit, especially with the pedophilia side and the mullet cults. Like I said, they are mullet cults are more likely to kill in snuff films and, uh, have these BDSM, uh, uh, type sex cults, especially throughout Europe. But female cults are um, just as likely to have uh, murder rings, uh, drug rings, in place of, well, not necessarily strictly pedophilic, but specifically based on infants, specifically based on babies, specifically based on literally newborns and things like that. As I like, so a Moloch cult will fuck like a 13-year-old kid to death on film, a Lilith cult will have a, a child specifically to kill it. The child will be born, it will be brought to a table and stabbed through the heart. Uh, this would be... Just making me think of, like, Frazzle Drip and, like, Hillbug. Yes. Right, so, so, yeah. so let's go into this modern uh, dark side of, the, of what, how it controls society. Hillary Clinton, absolutely uh, divine, feminine, worshipping, but dark side as shit Lilith cult... Eastern Star, uh, Dark Side of Isis, uh, because the moon, because they follow the moon, and the moon is full, and then there's the new moon, which is completely black. And this works out in their black and white duality of the MK Ultra, and uh, various other ways. So, always this black lodge, definitely uh, selective volunteer, what could be easily just called satanic and just written off as that, right? Like, it's too too long, didn't read, it's just satanic. But it's absolutely divine, feminine, uh, personified in its darkest form. Her and her, let's uh, be honest, Muslim, Arabic, Huma, Abedin, for example, during the days of Pizzagate. But she's had many different handlers and assistants throughout her entire lifetime because she was born into it Born into it from Arkansas, but say it easy, Satanist, but they're like De uh, whatever uh, cult group that fled to the Ozarks, um, you know, and whatever hybrid of lay occultist and just evil because the way people survived in the frontier was 100% organized crime. And so she is the legacy of this true America, which is the country Satanist, the country murderer, the people with literal bodies buried under the floorboards type folk who amassed massive wealth through land ownings and when the world modernized were able to use those predatory and evil instincts with knowledge, with education. She's not dumb. She's a complete genius. She's well-educated at that, right? Given privilege and... Uh, initiation to a lot of circles she was absolutely aware of the occult and the practices of uh, the societies to belong to that of all politicians Bohemian Grove comes to mind for example Clinton Bill Clinton big fan of Bohemian Grove everyone talks about Epstein Island people kind of forget about Bohemian Grove 
That was like the first Epstein Island that's still going on, that no one has ever <laughs> tried to stop, you know, besides Alex Jones going there. And that's the thing, like, Epstein Island at least got stopped because <laughs> I think the Bohemian Grove guys stopped it. I think they were the ones who were, like, tired of the competition. They were like, shut that shit down. No, but the Bohemian Grove guys are the same thing. These female cultists, and you know why the Bohemian Grove is female, and even though it has all male occupants, it's because they worship the owl, which is the owl of um, Artemis. Interesting, because I was going to think that, because they sometimes refer to that owl as Moloch, and I know that there's a lot of homosexual activity that happens. Yes, and the, the ritual homosexuality, but it's, yeah. it's, it, they also cross-dress. Now, men can also yeah. worship the goddess, but when the men worship the goddess, it's cross-dressing and uh, fagging out. I can't explain this any other way. Fagging out, where it's like, you know, they wear drag, and they wear they, they just suck each other off. And it's like this fucking total submission bottoming stuff. They don't want to put that in, play, in the terms, but Moloch would be more of an aggressive topping action uh, of fucking so ass. It's and so fucked up that they have to turn this occult weird because, like, I remember when I was a teenager, I loved Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I used to go to the fucking Rocky Horror Picture yep. Show all the time. I won a costume contest. Yep. I was a dirty slut. I shook my dick and nuts on stage. Like, and I won a fucking lollipop. Well, if you look the at the Rocky Horror Picture, Picture Show, <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Show is also symbolic of this divine masculine, divine feminine in the occult as it comes to terms with both and the man, light and the perverse. With Janet well, and, and Brad... Janet oh, Bed yeah, brings light side, divine masculine, divine feminine, but uh, uh, Frankenfurter and uh, Rocky being the dark side, because the dark side is that Moloch is created, like I said, the, the boy toy, sex slave, uh, top, Mo Rocky, and then Frankenfurter, who is a dude in drag, but the idea that that is in praise of this divine perversion. Um, Lilith, for example extreme succubus energy, extreme incubus energy to its followers. These are sex cults. These are uh, understood as like the Dionysians and stuff like that. This idea of um, extreme lust, nymphomania, uh, willing encouragement of sexual pursuit, activity, and independence in its own membership. Nothing is taboo to an initiate of these feminine, divine feminine cults, good or bad. So this is what you have to, so good or, the idea of limiting hedonism or not, but everything is encouraged from lesbianism uh, to the, like the ceremony of homosexuality between women, uh, marriage with men, uh, procreation, except, sleeping around, female pedophilia, all of that is encouraged. It's 100% encouraged and endorsed. And, and, it, and it's taught to its members at a very young age. Um, it's also taught sometimes as Christianity. All these things are sometimes taught under the guise of Christianity. The Children of God cult, for example, very famous Christian pedophile cult, they would recruit their members through seduction. They would send out their young girls and young boys to seduce a new membership and recruit them to their cult. And the, this is connected with the CIA, this is connected with a lot of behind-the-scenes government actions, but these cults do this regardless. A lot of the hippie cults, a lot of the New Age cults, were fully into this free love idea, and all of that is 
a return to the orgiistic bacchanalia of ancient Greece, ancient Rome, and even before that, which is these fertility rituals, which have their, they have existence from um, Celtic religions, Gallic religions, and uh, Germanic religions, um, all cultures, all cultures have this side of it. Like I said, it, all of it has a divine feminine or divine masculine side, and the endorsement of uh, promiscuity and uh, sexual hedonism, uh, nudity, uh, for example, look at, you mentioned rap music earlier, pop music is completely divine feminine and worshipping in that 100% the best artists, quote-unquote, the most famous artists are women. They are women who sell their sex. They are women who are flaunting their sex, like Beyonce, etc., who come out, Madonna, who come out specifically in costume of Ishtar, costumes of Astra, and, and various other, uh, even, it goes, like, Katy Perry and her Egyptian uh, Isis costuming and stuff like that. Like, um, it, it just goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Um, that, yeah, 100%, the world is still the chessboard, the stage of these ancient uh, divinities, these ancient divinities of the sacred masculine, sacred feminine, so Tex, fighting themselves out. I want to ask your opinion on this. So we have these cults, right? And these cults are worshipping things like Moloch, Baal, Ishtar, Isis, these like divine feminine, these divine. It's masculine. always just one or two. And you're, and it's you're... Sophia and the Demiurge. It's Saturn and, um, you know, it's it's opposite. It's uh, Saturn and Neptune. It's the idea of uh, a binary, two pillars, masculine, feminine, right? And and all the different pagan deities are just avatars of these two forces, which exist yeah. in all people. Uh, simultaneously, but are represented as feminine and masculine poles. So yeah. what, what I was going to ask you, so we have this, we have this divine feminine, we have this divine masculine going on here. And these are representing like these like, well, creator. And then I don't, but so is there an actual deity? Do you believe in, do, is there a being behind this divine feminine is there a being behind this divine masculine was there a creator can this be tied into anything like the anunnaki was there any like genetic manipulation they're worshiping like like ancient gods that might have actually been aliens is there something like that or is this like like you said is this just like a kind of concept of the masculine coming as the creation coming into the womb, creating all of this, like something coming into nothing, I guess, and then combining and creating. Is there is there more to it than that? Is there, or do you think it's just that? Uh, personally, I, uh, you know, I kind of even reserve judgment for what this all ultimately means and what the ultimate um, source of it all is, whether or not, but but personally, I am leaning towards they are not real divine avatars of anything besides universal forces like energies, like uh, attraction, repo, uh, retra uh, push-pull type simplicities, one-zeros, and that that's the true nature of all of this reality, the Fibonacci sequence that we call 
existence. It's actually very simple and at the same time not based in human in real form or real intelligence. It's kind of just a matter of atomic reality. But the energies are real. The energies are real. The creator is also real. The creator of all the universe is real. We are just, and even these two major forces are just fractions of a greater uh, limitless picture of forces that play out simultaneously. Now, the human landscape is completely created by these two forces, um, the Sophia and the Demiurge. So all of human thought, reality, and existence is on the chessboard of black and white, exactly, of the chess pieces, between this bin- binary, but the Text, major tell goal. Me your opinion on this? I'll say the I, major goal is to kind of uh, become enlightened of this, this, this game, this, this, this playing field, this uh, matrix, and its truest form of the word matrix. This set of variables, and even though you can't free yourself from it but it's just to recognize more and more lucidly the truth behind these polar opposite forces, but they're not because they work together like a yin-yang. And you achieve that kind of Taoist third option, which is, like I said, gnosis, which is the the gift that Christ gave gave us, the key of of Solomon in many cases. And that's what's also known as, you know, this idea of enlightenment. When you see... That man is made up of these, but is also the third thing, the son of them, the, the creation of them, both divine and material. And it's, like you said, yeah, it, it comes down to, uh, this is the question of all human spirituality. It's not a matter of gods, even I think of the Anunnaki, or of the... Uh, the ancient aliens are of any um, celestial being. I think this is this is this is a matter of awareness itself. This is a matter of life itself, and not to be any less dramatic of it. But that is what life is. That is all. <laughs> that is what is 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 Isis. It is the is is. As I like, it's it's the idea that what is the zoo? And you look in the ancient Anunnaki. I was actually watching videos on that before. Uh, we started the program, this is 100% represented in the Sumerian uh, mythology. This is 100% represented in that. And Pazuzu and um, uh, Lilith. The Lilith is still represented in the ancient Sumerians. Lilith is actually directly represented in the ancient Sumerians as the divine feminine, while Pazuzu, Zu, is the uh, cosmic bird uh, the energy from the sky. So the, literally, the, it's the winged visitor of the sky, uh, and that they fight, they constantly are opposed to each other, uh, and that they kind of are, at the same time, one and the same. And so it goes into, yeah, like every, there's no culture without this, and there was no culture that started this. All cultures, all human beings, tell their very existence through this system of orientation of awareness of of you know from their very infancy their mother their father uh who they are and um if you watch like neon genesis evangelion a great anime series of four films uh even in a modern hyper modern postmodern 
technological context, what it means to be human and to have a soul is to come to terms with the balance that you were born with of these multiple factors, these or really just three. One, the divine masculine, divine feminine, your origin and who created you, what you are reincarnated into. Because a big part of the divine masculine is uh, the creation of the sun, who is a demigod, and the demigod's incarnation of the father. The father is the creator, but then is also destroyed, typically by the son, who then assumes the father's place and identity in these pantheonic existences. Except for Christianity, where it broke off specifically because it's a divine masculine church, and they can't have the divine masculine sky god be defeated by the natural third option which arises, which is the sun, which is the logos, the third uh, holy ghost. Which, I mean, it's the sun. It's the, in the, this is the thing, too. So Catholicism <laughs> wrote out women so much that they replaced the divine, the, the father, the mother, and the, the son with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and they were just like, it's a, it's a fucking ghost. It's invisible. It's a, you know, like we, we don't know what they were trying to say. Hey, you know, like, like it was clearly the father, the mother, and the son, the, the trinity. We know a father, a mother, make a son. It's the trinity. And they were like, it's the father, the son, and then the Holy Ghost, which is a spiritual occult understanding of this, you know, metaphysical energy that follows. And all. You know, like, no, it's the mother. It's, the, it's the, clearly the mother. The two energies come together and they make the son. Yeah, but they couldn't write her out altogether. They, I guess that's why. Well, they, they included Mary. The picture, right? They included Mary and they made her a whore because of the idea of sexuality. Now, if you look at Cleopatra, Julius Caesar Cleopatra, Cleopatra was written as a very exotic seductress who had hundreds of lovers, but that wasn't considered a shameful thing. She was literally a sex goddess of ancient Egypt, and she seduced Julius Caesar through her divine femininity, right? Her clever guile and wills. If Julius Caesar and Jesus Christ are, in fact, the same individual, Mary Magdalene is Cleopatra, uh... You know, if that even was her real name, Cleopatra, it does seem kind of, you know, like, made up. And that this two pairings of ancient Egyptian polarities created their own children. And the dynasty of the Merovingian, the Holy Grail. But she was never considered a prostitute. She was never considered a low birth. And in fact, Jesus Christ loved her so much that he kissed her on the mouth so much that she made the other uh, disciples jealous. And, in, and why would they be jealous of him kissing a woman? It's because they were used to a solar divine masculine cult of ceremonial homosexuality, which Jesus did not practice. And in fact, they were kind of weirded out about that. What Jesus Christ is even referenced as having a, a ceremonially performed that with a boy during the night he was taken by guards and what she was teaching this boy the mysteries while he was nude but for save a linen cloth and when Jesus was came to the guards he fled into the night now that was put there as just a simple allusion to the rituals of the times which were astrotheological and obviously based on older generations teaching the mysteries of life to the younger generation and this includes all mysteries of life and death, including the body, which is represented in Scorpio, 
with its tail being the representative of the dick. And it, this, this whole thing, right? And I was like, like, so every single thing from the horoscope to the life of Jesus to the, the creation of the Catholic Church is a reconciliation between two forces and their, uh, their cultural uh, legacies, their, their realities, and that every generation deals with it. And it's always present in all things, the career fields, cultures, castes, uh, churches, creeds, geographies, regardless of the sophistication or the severity, it's always there in some proportion. So what are these mystery schools, what are they hiding? What are, what are they occulting? In your opinion, I mean, obviously we're not going to know everything well, that they're doing, but like, what is this secret knowledge that they're hiding? Besides, I guess, uh, the Holy Grail, I guess, uh, Jesus' bloodline, that's what the Knights Templar, that's what started it, right? Well, well not I mean, every secret society... That, but that was like the, Yeah, not every secret society has the same goals, or uh, even though they're all connected, doesn't have the same goals... For example, there's a secret society that existed in South Korea. They were a divine, feminine, dark side Lilith cult called the Cult of the Eight Goddesses. This cult was so strong that it literally controlled the presidents of South Korea for like eight years. Like everything they said, and they edited the speeches, they uh, appointed cabinet members and political offices. They performed horoscopes. They literally controlled her schedule because they would plan like Nancy Reagan, etc. These world leaders are belong to these cults. But this cult of the eight goddesses hated men. Absolutely hated men. Hated their power in society. Hated traditional Korean family structures down to the very core. Seeking to dispose of them by doing things like legalizing abortion. Doing things like... Uh, instigating a war with North Korea or sacrificing an entire ferry's worth of students given that they are desiring child sacrifices, etc. So this plays out in the real world. Whether or not those goals are the same as, say, Hillary Clinton, who, belonging to the Rothschilds and these Kabbalistic, heathenist uh, uh, Canaanite Israel, uh, our families, these Zionist families, the Rothschilds, Etc. Basically, all under the umbrella of the Rothschilds, and I believe uh, thirteen others that are the the thirteen black dynasties, the thirteen evil Canaanite tribes that the Israelite tri Hebrew tribes were going to counterbalance. <coughs> Funnily enough, do you know that Israel means against God? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Israel means against God, and it's it's because uh, Israel wrestled, Isaac wrestled with God. And he wrestled yeah. it with him for a night. And so Israel means against God. So, who? But they're not against the God of Israel. They're against the God of the Canaanites. Their entire existence was to fight the Canaanites. They, Moses was liberated from Egypt so that they could fight the Canaanites who had taken over God's holy land. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea that, that, that all, all organizations, some exist just to fight other organizations. Some, like I said, I believe in a three-lodge system in which... All organized crime, all secret societies, they rule basically the shadow world, the real world, that the much larger world of all illicit realities. And the secret, the secret that they have is that they are criminals. They are absolutely evil, amoral, 
conscienceless. They can do literally anything to anyone and not feel a fucking thing. And they do this by liberating themselves ritualistically over time through generational abuse. And that all of these secret societies, good or evil, can be interpreted to be abusive and disciplinarian and it's to achieve a certain heightened state of separation from the regular quote-unquote layman, the goy, or the uh, unawakened, the waking dead, the walking dead, the whatever you want to call them, the people who are in darkness, the materialist, uh, the random suburbanite, you know, pedestrian plebeian, right? The, the soy boys, the cucks, the initiate of any secret society is on a different level confidence-wise, awareness-wise, perception-wise of the world around them. Not only because they're given initiate signals and codes and little handshakes, it's because they are doing things which are putting them ever more nihilistically further away from the regular people. They're rigging elections, they're talking to people of elite status, they're performing either the small corruptions right just maintaining secrecy hiding other people's crimes being associates with them to doing their own organizing their own everything from drug running uh with their own cults xantam what they things like that which are themselves cults initiates that say built on organized organized religion the military works the same way the higher up in the military you get the different attitudes of yourself and the perception of yourself you start not understanding yourself outside the military, for example. You are the military. You are the, the, you know, the ideal type. And this could work with a coven. This could work with the military. And many times they're the same. Many times they merge into each other. Like Hillary Clinton, who was both an occultist and a very high-ranking one, and a politician, able to live in both worlds, and eventually being so good at both that she didn't have to hide. And it was not a secret. It's not a secret. Until Frazzledrip came out, it was... No one could bust her. No, as everyone has speculated, everyone knew, but until we had evidence in Pizzagate, she was going to get president. She was going to be the president. She was on... That's thing, like, before, literally, Pizzagate was the thing that stopped her. But, like, that's the thing, like, they, they will control presidencies. They will control su- Supreme Court justices. They will control people of power and businesses. Major corporations. Um... Who do you think is in the quote-unquote Illuminati? It's not just figureheads, and yes, there are plenty of those, an army of those, but there's actual motivational, motivating and important people like Jeff Bezos, uh, Bill Gates, etc. Epstein Island, for example. Epstein Island, if you just look Pretty at much it... any influential person that you're ever going to see yeah. on film, on television, on the radio, on the internet, someone that's going to get yep. promoted and pushed to the top... They have an agreement or a yep. connection, or they are actually in those organizations. Yep. And a lot of it is the gnosis of the demiurge and the facts of life, uh, of the world we live in. And it's because they built it on this ancient knowledge, which they also restrict. So, if anything, their universal goal is to keep the secret of their own existence. If anything, they have they all have a shared singular goal of keeping the secret of their own existence. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The first rule of the Mafia is you do not go around telling you people in the Mafia, right? Like, like they, this is a very high stakes secret 
multi generational MK Ultra level. You know, that's system. an interesting combination. Uh, uh, that's an interesting connection as well. Is that a lot of the the mafia that came from like Sicily and southern um, Italy and things like that? They have a lot of occult. Yes. Ties, man. That was like, they they really started out as secret societies. Yes, of course. And then turned into what they were, into that organized crime syndicates and things like that. And they still have a lot, like, dude, I think the Triad, too, mm-hmm. a lot of those, like, the Yakuza, all of them, they have some deep occult yes. like, ties and things. It's really fascinating. For example, they said that there were 300,000 Triad members in Beijing alone. And the city that I live in currently has 300,000 people maximum. So they have significant membership. It's not just, oh, it's me and five other guys and, like, some cool guy we know who's going to let us smoke a bong and, like, worship Satan in his van. It's organized armies of people larger than the U.S. Army sometimes. Huge corporations like, you know, like Halliburton and stuff who have their CEOs as members who go to Bohemian Grove, except, I mean, to say, to underestimate it is to be um, quite foolish in their ultimate extent, but their goals always are to remain in power, always are to practice absolute, uh, these, these ceremonies without basically losing any power or risking any power, and the ultimate keeping their membership a secret of only because that's how power is kept in the societies that they uh, exist in, these occult societies, is through secrecy and the secrecy of knowledge, including, um, you know, to be honest, the quote-unquote vices, if, if it's anything, it's just a vice of, of human sacrifice, cannibalism, you know, these, these really taboo subjects. Do you think that all of those things are just for show and for ritual, or do you think that there is something like physical or spiritual that they actually gain from things like that? So, like, I'm I'm just curious on your opinion on that, because it it seems to me that, like, they wouldn't be doing it for no reason. Like, they must be getting something out of it. It seemed like, especially maybe, I mean, there must be something physical to that adrenochrome when they they are, like, sacrificing a child after, like, significant torture and things. They're, like, getting that child to, like, drop those chemicals that are, you know, those endorphins and chemicals and things into their bloodstream, and then they consume it, and they have some sort of reaction. It, do you think that there's something to that, or do you think that it is just, like, a ritual sacrifice? Because you were saying, like, to the... the, the feminine and things like that there's also yeah i don't know so what's your thought on that well i was going to say uh not everyone has uh, vampiric uh tendencies with their sacrifice adrenochrone is definitely one thing though and that is in the hollywood the divine feminine the vampiric side of that red lodge um moloch cults for example incinerate and typically burn their victims they don't consume uh typically uh human meat are the children that they kill, and they throw it into the fire, they feed it to Moloch, and it's it's kind of like the ritual of care in the Bohemian Grove, where the, the body falls and it burns to Moloch, which is represented in that, that ceremony. And it's only a representation of that, because they are representing the Moloch cult, um, while being an Isis cult themselves, the Divine Feminine cult themselves. 
Um, so are they? They're an ISIS cult pretending to be a molecule. Well, it's a performance. It's called the Cremation okay. of Care, and it is so yeah. faggy because it's a theatric uh, play of their enemies, the Moloch cult, which is kind of like why they call the owl Moloch. But it's an owl because owl is ISIS. Moloch is not. Uh, it's very subtle, but these divine feminine is based on subtlety. It's based on camp, and it's based on. Um, Presenting itself in in ironic ways, as ironic and trickster, sarcastic ways, and it's um, exactly it's it's one of those very nuanced things. That's why it's odd. It's a cult of men that are worshiping a feminine goddess, and it's exactly it's fucking it's out there. That's what I'm saying. It's out, I wouldn't go. It's out there. <laughs> it's the like have you heard mixing. the connections between the owl and gray aliens that there is like. Have you heard that symbolism before? Oh, yeah. No. yeah, that the owls are okay. more than what they seem, the whole taking of the yeah. owls. The idea behind alien connection to it, I don't really want to make too much of when you're talking about the occult, because you have to give some kind of separation between the two. But really, there is no separation. This is all happening at the same time. Ancient, uh, well, aliens that might lead back to yeah. some of those cults oh, that have look at Twin a Peaks. God that they're worshipping. Yeah, look, I, I was trying to make that connection that... They could be worshiping aliens. Yeah, let's look at. Uh, could be, yeah. Oh, let's look at this uh, as like, a tw- like. So, the idea of the owls not being who they are or being connected to these higher dimensional forces. Let's let's look at uh, Twin Peaks, which is what a perfect. Have you seen Twin Peaks? I haven't. Everybody tells me to watch it. I, I think I gotta find it. Is it on Netflix or something? What is, what's it on? I should try to find. Uh, I've heard great things. Absolutely, uh, do recommend watching Twin Peaks. You know, ASAP, and I'll, I'll send you the link if I can find it on Amazon or something for free because I have the box set DVD. Uh, but okay, so on okay. Twin Peaks, they basically were the phrase "the owls are not who they seem to be." when it's released by a military radar officer to the detective, the FBI officer, uh, Dale Cooper, and he brings him the data sheet and it says the owls are not who they seem to be because they are seeing owls. He's having visions of owls during this murder trial. All of this works together. It works on parallel systems. While a little girl is being abducted and ritually raped and killed because a divine masculine Moloch-worshipping motorcycle gang could be driving through a small town in the Pacific Northwest, the gray aliens could be there observing it, looking like owls, drawn to the negative energy. They are extremely drawn to negative energy. They are in negative energy, loose, you know, attracted, chaos attracted. The reason why grays like chaos and they like they love it they love recording it they love recording it on different spectrums and it's full glory of physical reality because they themselves have no souls and so life is absolutely as boring as you can possibly exist so chaos any disturbance any negativity any pain any pure chaos exactly so oddly enough one of the divine feminine uh, avatars is the goddess of chaos is Hecate is Iris is a goddess specifically meant to make pain and suffering and disturb the force right to be a basic and so Indian god Kali too Kali Shiva Kali a bit, yeah. yeah and yeah. so these are extremely connected entities and like I said like it's hard to kind of when you're speaking about the occult to then be like 
oh yeah, and then there's gray aliens. And gray aliens will show up to ritual sacrifices and murders because they are watching it. It's weird these days, man. I mean, that's basically what my work is about, is tying these things and, like, trying to find the the weaving that connects them. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, because, like, I, I have these... These folks that are so tied to Bigfoot being uh, flesh and blood that if I mention I think that he might have psychic powers or there's some interdimensionality, they fucking lose it. They're like, there's no... no." Oh, yeah, don't even worry about that. There is. Well, don't even worry about the Bigfoot community because the Bigfoot community at large is some of the most conservative, small-minded thinkers. They think in 2D. me and there's some other young folks out there that like the guys in their yep. 20s and 30s we're, we're we're the new bigfoot community oh yeah i'm sorry old guy the old guard like yeah. you can hold on to that as much as you want you can join us or you're good or you're gonna get lost no i agree <laughs> we're not we're not gonna oh we're not gonna let you guys control be the gatekeepers i fully agree that we're the, the bigfoot community now the, like, the new generation the bloods, there's a bunch of really cool young guys that are that are doing this right now like i'm, I'm a tiny person like i'm not Where? i'm not even trying to put myself in, in the mix i'm just saying that I, I support them and i'm part of you know i want to be part of it there's some fresh young blood that is really pushing the boundaries in the bigfoot community and i'm ex- excited to see it the new generation is going to be the answer for yeah. finding bigfoot because finally they're going to start not looking for an animal but looking for someone who's on their level at least spiritually at least intelligently regardless of technology, but as long as they start approaching Bigfoot with the respect it deserves, then we can actually make some progress. And the whole reason why these past Bigfoot people don't want to admit is they're the fucking reason we can't find it. It's just they're going out with their tree knocks, they're going out with their hoots and hollers, and they're fucking chasing it away. They don't even apply logic to what they're fucking doing. They're just trapsing around. No, they they totally are detached from reality. I think a lot of them... Are full of shit. Oh yeah, and they don't even believe what they're doing. A lot of them don't I like think Bigfoot. A lot of them are. A lot of yeah, them in the Bigfoot world do not believe. They hate Bigfoot and they think all Bigfoot videos are fake and they are secretly like trolling everybody. And that's the thing. Like you really got to admit that at some point they're larping and that that they they have lost and that they they're like, oh, I'm Bigfoot Bob, and you're like, you fucking are just some guy who trolled so long that now you're actually like some Bigfoot like YouTube personality and now you've worked yourself into a fucking hole and you can't like thinker thunker thinker thunker or yeah. thunderfoot or whatever the fuck that guy's name is and it's like he's, he, I don't know who he is there, there's a guy who's a skeptic in the Bigfoot see I can go into Bigfoot yeah. tangents no like skeptics in the Bigfoot world who are like oh this is Bigfoot videos fake it's just that's all you do is say they're fake you don't really do anything to prove it real is real you just say things are fake like the idea is that they've lost it they've gone like 180 on finding it to trying to prove it's fake and it's fucking but i mean to get into it like that's another thing the divine masculine divine feminine is even in the bigfoot world is even in the world of cryptozoology it absolutely is with things like bigfoot's uh masculine nature replacing and taking over because we live in a society that's controlled by the solar cults in many ways um or is always at odds with it versus sasquatch's feminine nature feminine more subtle nurturing shy even even somewhat scared nature like a vulnerable nature and the first bigfoot that we were filmed that we actually the patterson gimlin is a female has breasts yeah. it doesn't like the idea that it's it's 
it, it's so apparent symbolically, archetypically, like subtly. So I had a guest on here not that long ago, and I want to just run this past you. This was something new to me. I had never heard this before, and I found it fascinating as hell. So there is depictions of Mother Mary with her being completely hairy, mm-hmm. like, and she has like her breasts out and things like that, and and then her and potentially Jesus were from like the north. They were like uh, they were like actually from uh, somewhere in the Russian-ish like. Uh, Man, what the heck is that called? Like the, I can't think of it right now. But anyways, like Russianish area, like where basically, like, uh, like where is the Ukraine right now? The Kievan Rus and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Uh, that area that they came down and that they potentially themselves were Bigfoot, were Sasquatches. Now I've talked about that, that before. That Mary and Jesus yeah. were Sas were also Sasquatches. I don't know if that's true, but that is fascinating as hell, and yep. I want to see what your idea, like, if you if you had any thoughts or ideas on it. I've that. seen what you're talking about, and I talked about it before that Bigfoot at one time was a human species just like ours and interacted with us. Um, I have seen the photos of, of Julius Caesar uh, as a white man with a full beard and covered in hair as well, or much more hair than they've represented, and I've seen the one with mm-hmm. the Mary with her red hair, well, and it covers European her entire body. Yes, uh, with her exposed breasts yes. and the furry red hair. That yes, happened. Absolutely. That happened after the the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and when they went to Europe, she took a monastic uh, solemn vow where she didn't cut her hair, didn't shave her hair, didn't uh, trim, as it were, or perform any of that hair removal, because at that point she was purifying her body. Uh, so that she could die and go to heaven. And uh, while I've not heard about it being in Russia, there is, for example, a, a church in Spain, uh, around the border of France and Spain, that they say is where she buried herself alive, basically. She formed this, like, cave with, like, a little tube that she could crawl into an oubliette where you can get down there, but you can't get out. And um, during the end of her life, that's how she... the. Uh, Mary Magdalena, not the Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalena, uh, the the wife, the the Holy Grail, the 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 wife of Jesus Christ, died. Was that she entombed herself alive, and then her soul was purified and left her body like a Buddhist monk. But her long hair, as I've said before, uh, Sasquatches shave. Sasquatches perform hair removal. And I do think they were giants. I do think that there's literature and yeah. that say that I they were they, bigger. Yeah, they were supposed to be giants. Yeah. Jesus was Jesus bigger than a normal guy. Supposed to be giant. Yeah, Jesus was yeah. A bigger than a normal. He could tip a table with with one hand. That's like when he was whipping people in the temple. He scared the Roman guards with his anger. I mean, that's like, like the idea of Jesus Christ being Julius Caesar is also the same because no none of the guards ever attacked him, and the centurion knew who he was just by sight. The centurion who Jesus Christ even was written as saying is the most faithful man in all of Jerusalem. It was a centurion, a Roman soldier, who went up to him and was like, My Lord, Lord, please come to my servant and, and heal him. You know, he's sick. And Jesus was like, It's already done because you have shown so much faith and reverence. That, that, that is, he's Julius Caesar, and the centurion is loyal to him. You know, regard, like, still, like, you know, he's loyal to Julius Caesar, he's loyal to Jesus Christ, he's loyal. 
that's the, his, like, his divine trait, his loyalty to this one entity, this one individual who is God, like Julius Caesar proclaimed himself God on earth. And like Julius Caesar was killed by the uh, original corrupted uh, cult of homosexuals that was the Moloch cult, both of Rome and of Jerusalem. The parallels are there. But yeah, the reason why I think she had her hair is because I think Bigfoots, if they, the people who are Sasquatch, the Denisovans, the, the Russians who have that genetic trait still in them, have hair, full body hair, that is literally like not, it's, it's no joke. It literally is, it's impossible to see through once it's at its full extent. Like Robin Williams had that same hair level. Like this idea that it's not just hair, it's like a furry monkey type covering, shoulders, back, full down to the back, belly, uh, pecs. It's not just like a, you know, no, it's it's like a so full. So do you think those are traits that are... Women have it too. Yeah, women have it too. Yeah. And Cleopatra was not an Arab, but she was not black. She was a Greek. She was an inbred Greek from the house Ptolemy, who was the Alexander the Great appointed general of the Egyptians. She was she was literally painted and written as a white woman with a Greek features, a Greek nose. And so the idea that Greeks, yeah, There's Greeks are also a lot of evidence that I've heard at least that uh, the the dynastic Egyptians they looked like Italian people. They didn't yep. look they didn't look Nubian. They weren't black. I think probably the people that actually built the pyramids they could have been black, but like the dynastic Egyptians they weren't. I think that they were just Mediterranean. Oh, they, absolutely. They like Italian and Greeks. Yeah, that's fascinating because I. This was actually pretty controversial. I think this was like two, three years ago. Uh, they took King Tut's body, right? They took his, they uh, took his skull and things, and they uh, built what he would have looked like, right? They were able to. Do, anyways, he looked like a white dude. And, oh, yeah. and it just so happened that this was like during what month is Black History Month? Is that February? I believe so. I'm pretty yes. sure it's February. I think it's February, and so they like they came out with this in February, and this was extra insulting, and people were really upset because, like, you know, well, you know, in Houston, African Americans that like to tie themselves to royalty because of the Egyptian dynastic line, mm. the whole quote like we was kings, mm. we were kings, like that, mean, that yeah. thing, and then. It, dude, it's just really terrible. Well, in Houston, we have like, pharaohs. It black, and it came out in February, and yeah. some people were like extra offended that they <laughs> yeah. came out with this evidence. In Houston, we have pharaohs. There's a whole uh, Egyptian section of the Houston Natural Museum of History who that Thank have pharaohs. Kurt, we we have, have mummies. Comment. Thank you, Kurt. He says, amazing. Thanks for the great videos. We appreciate you, Kurt. We have right, pharaohs, so and, and the pharaohs are ginger. We have ginger yeah. pharaohs, and it was one of the Ramses, and Ramses and Moses both were ginger. They were ginger. They were actually connected to the same families that would make all redheads in the future, the redhead Levite tribes of the Hittites That's and the, the Hebrews. That's thing, dude, is a lot of those giants are referred to redhead as... Redhead giants. Hairy and redheaded. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and redheaded, being redheaded is a genetic, it's a, it's an abnormality, not abnormality necessarily, it's a mutation though. Check out like, the... So it is, it's something that maybe came from one, like they say, maybe it came from one genetic, yep. like, so maybe okay, so, all, anyone that's redheaded 
might have a piece of that. Here's some fun mind. history to connect it, here, connect what we're talking about right now. The ancient Egyptians and this divine feminine, divine masculinity. The battle between the pharaohs, the male pharaohs, and the female pharaohs. They called themselves both pharaohs, but the female dynasties of like, you know, that lineage and the male lineage. And how it how it plays itself out generation after generation for literally thousands of years up till like the burning of the Library of Alexandria. But yes, the ginger, the, the red haired, there are myths. It go watch at Robert Sepper's YouTube videos on uh the Atlantean sagas are the myths of the Irish and how they claim legacy from a Egyptian queen who was cast out of Egypt sail to Ireland. This could very well be Cleopatra herself as a red-headed woman and started the legacy of the uh quote unquote red-haired um Irish basically. The the then in the cycle of the Tuatha Din and yes the timelines are all askew, quote unquote askew, but when we know what we know of them take are adding a thousand years, taking away a thousand years, hiding and obfuscating history rewriting literally the uh, Torah, rewriting the five books of Moses, that is the Torah, that is the uh, first five books of the King James Version of the Bible, which has 66 books, uh, and then piecemeal putting them together through various councils, through the Catholic Church, and then the Protestants then picking and choosing what to add. We don't know when the timelines truly are, or when they add up, or how connected these events truly are, but we do know that there is definite travel and legacy from ancient Egypt through the uh, basically the, the victory of uh, men over women throughout histories, Rome conquering Egypt when Cleopatra was queen and then putting in the Roman Caesar um, over that region, Carthage being destroyed with Queen Dido, Queen Dido ruling Carthage as a uh, Canaanite empire of North Africa, and then Rome salting the earth there to prevent Carthage ever rising up, as well as treating Carthage with Hannibal, you know, the, the elephants over the Alps, Hannibal, etc., as a, as a great enemy, an arch enemy of Rome, and ro almost destroying Rome. That the are the battles with Boudicca later on between Rome as they followed them into the English Isles. Um, you know, the the world itself seems to be a never-ending war between these quote-unquote divine masculine extremists and the solar cults, however they present themselves, Islamic, um, the Saturnite Black Cube cults, the uh, Black Sun cults of the fascist military machines uh, versus extreme feminist cults who are either life or death cults, nature cults, uh, kind of like as an umbrella term, just to summarize, these nature cults, which death is a part of nature, uh, and so is this idea of eternal, limitless recreation. Think of Midsummer. Think of Midsummer, Wicked Man. Think of like fucking shit like that. Think like uh, snake cults, the goddess of the snake and things like that. Like uh, Lair of the White Worm, and shit like that. Think of um, the concept of like vampire covens or covens themselves. You know, like black masses, witches, sabbaths, things like Medusa. Medusa. Yeah. Things like yeah. the, the idea of this 
a Lilith figure, right? Lilith figure and what that really represented ancient Samaria, the goddess of abortions, the goddess of miscarriage, the goddess of um, succubi energy and shits, taking the, the sacred sexual life force from men, vampirizing it and stuff. But there's also, at the very best, at the very best you have uh, Western civilization in the form of the divine masculine. You have everything from... Uh, society city building enoch for example enoch is a good divine masculine apollo is a uh a good divine masculine um zeus in some aspects is good divine masculine as a protector or defender of olympus um you know you get these good and bad you get the for everything however high a mountain goes it casts as long as a shadow Right, you say there's always a duality behind these forces, like I said. Is there any cases of these divine masculine and feminine cults like uh, getting along and working together? I mean, I was just thinking again too. Um, I a couple about a year ago, I think I was really looking into like black Saturnian cults, like the black cube thing things, and mm-hmm. I was finding the ties to the Kaaba, the, the you know the black cube in Mecca, right, mm-hmm. and. They were saying that, like, before, before, like, Islam took over, because I guess this has been around, like, longer than Islam, like, that the Kaaba was, or, like, that shrine, whatever it was, had been there for a long-ass time, that it was actually tied to the divine feminine, and then it was actually, like, taken over and co-opted and turned into the divine masculine, and turned into this square, black square box, Mm -hmm. and, like, turned into, like, a Saturn cult thing, when it was a feminine thing. That's just, it's really fascinating. Um, They say the feminine cults ruled the world for the longest in history. That for the 200,000 years of human history, the reason we don't have written history is because most of it was destroyed by the divine masculine cults who took power, and that written history is a masculine divine skyfather creation, which is very recent. Now, well, I mean, feminine cults is the god of order. Yes. Saturn is the god of control. Saturnite, Saturn is the god of yeah. like, punishment. Saturn is the god of like all these Kronos, things. Kronos, time, Kronos, yeah. Kronos. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, yeah, you're right, of time. Yeah, so all of that needs to be written down in, in order, right? And so, and they might occult that order. I think they probably have... A whereas order. your uh, divine feminine cults are cyclical. They don't have a beginning or there's no progress in a divine feminine cult. It just is. It's an existence like a year is just a year. Like uh, think that the Wicker Man. Like they've been doing the same thing since the beginning of time, and it doesn't require much infrastructure. It it's symbolic rituals like women arranging flowers um, in sacred fertility rites under the full moon. It's no matter, you can't control it, you can't destroy it. So all the witch purges, when the witchcraft uh, purges happened, when the witch trials happened, when they were burning witches throughout the world, they were they were attacking the people, the, the females, they were attacking the women, but they can never attack divine femininity. So it's in every generation. When it works together, when it has a union, and not even to be glib, literally in... Uh, the meeting between man and woman as equals, as lovers, as friends, in small-scale things, those successful relationships, those meaningful relationships on a micro-scale, 
are the perfect, like, you know, balance. It's the perfect balance of the divine masculine, both internally in the individuals and... Um, so that might be a sign of a healthy society. Yes. When you and, see things like oh, that. Oh, okay. yes. And it's not the perversions of either or. It's the healthy bond. It's the creation of families. The mother, the, the, the mother, the father create the son or the daughter. They create the third thing, which could be both mother or father in the future, son or daughter. But in the moment, it is life in the womb. Life begins at conception. And so that's what I'm saying. It, it's this idea of faceless humanity, eyes without a face, a soul yet without a body, but a soul creating its body. That's like, like how... Jax, I want to run something by you, and this might even be challenging for you because you don't like to include... Like what you were saying, like you have a hard time maybe talking about how maybe aliens might be in the mix with this. But I want to run this past you and tell me what you think about this. Um, I've been hearing... Some interesting, like, really interesting folks, really smart folks talking about this, and I just want to get your thoughts on this, about the divine feminine. So, like, something as far as, like, uh, like the Queen Mary, or Mother Mary coming back, uh, like, uh, during, in, in Portugal, right, when uh, she was coming back at Fatima, mm-hmm. things like that, talking to the kids and saying, I'm, I'm coming back. But there's also folks, really smart people that I respect, that are talking about the divine feminine, they are seeing her coming in the form, and they're seeing also uh, like formations of orange orbs, like it's this color orange that keeps coming around. And they're talking about specifically the time of like Aquarius actually coming, and this is part of like speaking of like cyclical that it is now time like men have had their turn, the masculine, you know, whatever that is, yep. had its run, and the divine feminine is coming back and she's saying i'm coming back and what is your thoughts on that do you think that could be tied to like some some maybe aliens that are coming and like have been watching us and going like hey all right you you know you've had enough (laughs) or like they're like trying to change society so like what they're talking about is that she brings not necessarily chaos in her wake and destruction but sort of because she we're almost like ants you know, like, whatever she is is so powerful that she comes to bring about change, and if you get caught up in that, you might you might get hurt. Yes, and, and you, there is no subtlety that to that. Be, yeah, reality. What do you think it's all bluster? Like, what what is your thoughts on any of that? Well, let me, let me take my time to think through this point, to keep your points uh, in mind, because you might have to remind me, and I'll take my time to answer three of them um, as it was. So... Do I think that aliens are the personification of the divine feminine? No. Now, do aliens represent the divine feminine masculine? We will always interpret them to have those values, and thus that could be exploited. At the same time, if you believe that if the the universal mind star type reality where all these forces are shared by every single species... They could be using their force, exerting that force to get their sympathies, their invasion, a vanguard. Um, And this is just a part of the Great War, which never changes the, the war between divine masculine, divine feminine. And if aliens invade... And if they invaded in the name of a queen, and they invaded in the name of the divine feminine, it would be like any other invasion of any other alien race to Earth. 
but the way that it's set up, I know that that's not... Unless the Astra High Commander pursuing the Holy Feminine Isis incarnation to these people, it's more of the same. And it, it is more of the same that war never yeah. changes between the masculine and the feminine. There's always a etheric, bodiless urge or war drum or recruitment effort to infiltrate people and to raise forces, to raise believers <coughs> in these cults. This is why these cults start. The cultists of the eight goddess, uh, the eight goddess in South Korea started because, no doubt, of the urging of disembodied, intelligent forces, Lilith, Sophia. In many cases, they call it Sophia. So I know it's not aliens. Personally, I know it's not, because this concept of the Divine Feminine is Sophia. And Sophia is the intelligence, the awareness, the sight in the eye, the life in the body, the uh, energy of animus into matter on an alchemical and human scale that has no uh, uh, no nothing to do with an outside entity acting upon us, but an internal uh, maturation or at least a life uh, that becomes like when an infant opens its eyes and has no language and makes sense of the world, that energy is Sophia, which is the divine feminine. The divine masculine is the physical force, not only of the body, but of the world outside, the push and the pull. And uh, the muscle, the bone, the blood, the organs, the lungs, the, 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 the fight every day to survive, eating, things like that, breathing, that is the masculine, that is the bull, that is the ox. And together they make the ox, space and time. Matter, mind and matter, space and time. Awareness of place and being. Uh, awareness of life, it's the soul. Together you need them to make one soul. Um, so there's always a balance between the two. And the perversion exists when one is neglected or extinguished, sacrificed to the other. Either way, divine masculine, divine feminine, both those are perversions, regardless of if they are white light side force, dark side force. Doesn't really have to do with aliens. Doesn't have to do with uh, ancient aliens or yeah, uh, demonic forces. This is all within the human mind. This is all within the human psychology, the human uh, being. That is the human being. That is the human process. Now, the demiurge is the divine masculine. That's Saturn. That's the black cube. That is the artificial, fake, false god, the uh, god of the material world. And the Demiurge, Abraxas, Saturn, uh, you know, the Matrix, that is, you know, the, the... That is what aliens exist in as well as we do. That's the world that's even beyond it. That's the meta set. So aliens like us are just beings inside the, ma inside the Matrix, inside the Black Cube, inside the the 4D reality, which itself is the avatar personification of the divine masculine. So, so I don't think the aliens are responsible for it. They're a victim of it, too. They're part of it in their forces inside their balance, too. Whether or not that these alien species are divine masculine or divine feminine, worshipping or following or embodying, you know, that depends on the species or the, the faction or the group. 
and and you know I I can't really say it's a universal. I can't say in my experience that it is aliens. I can't say it's it's not because in mine it's not. It's not. It's a it's a literal matter of metaphysics. It is a matter of pure metaphysics and it's purest theological spiritualism. That is which is fun. Which is absolutely like I said. It's like when when we put on our shamanistic hats and we're talking about the the great beyond and these different forces. You know, you, it's not like you have to say, like, it's got a, you know, does God have feet? <laughs> does God have feet? Does it like, does God have feet? <laughs> like, you know, so like, yes, God has feet. <laughs> like, you move on with the question, like, teleology, you know, teleologically speaking, speaking about ideals and concepts, you know, and then, like, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's good. That can be fun sometimes, but you're yeah, right, yeah. you get stuck in the mud. That one gets one of those things where it's like, we I haven't thought about that either. I haven't thought about like do aliens like do that well, maybe, yes. But it's like he's gotta have feet and you're like, Yes. <laughs> like let's go with it. Like, sure, he's got feet. Like, of course God's got feet. Like, why wouldn't he have feet? <laughs> and it's goes in this question's like, yes, they're religion, but true matters of theological and and uh, and and, and con- concepts like this, conceptualizing. That goes into true intangibles and metaphysics like that. Like, like I said, it's 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 understandable as a mystical experience. And like I said, yes, there could be extraterrestrials, intradimensional entities. Joe Rogan, for example, always talks about his DMT gestures, and this has a major thing to do with DMT, with DMT Thanks. producing I, plants. I think I've asked you this before, but if you mess with uh, psychedelics at all? Oh, love the psychedelics. Yes, I do. Love psychedelics. Okay. And yeah, total, are, total experience. What are your thoughts on those things? Like, uh, yep. what, are, what are your thoughts on those things like the machine elves and things like that? That's what do I'm you, saying. These are disembodied, yeah. psychological though, internal, but connections so you think to... all internal. There's not actually, you're not visiting something else. No, that's what I'm saying. No, no, this is, okay. this is something that sometimes exists. Sometimes I do think you might be, just because of like the endogenous DMT and things like that, like in your brain, when it drops, when you die, it almost seems like that could be like the big drop and allowing you into the next realm oh yeah right? i've heard and that so, so, it shoots so, you I like mean, an ejector seat into the next yeah, uh, level exactly yeah so, i've heard I mean, that that's sort of well and so i mean that is almost like it's it's like a fake version when you do the dmt but it, it almost it kind of simulates that same thing and so it, it almost seems like maybe you're peeking into another realm that does and seem so, the case. At the same time, dreams would also necessarily be gateways into but, various yeah, other realities. But I definitely believe into that. Like things like astral projection, oh, yes. things like maybe you are dipping your toes into other realms and different mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, so that, that means that the, it would never stop. It would always be there, whether you're conscious or not. And that existence yes, totally is always just a multi-level thing. You're just on one channel or another, and you can flip you that channel based on your brain. Man? I, I, That's true. Have you heard this? That the military used to use, like, okay, so, like, uh, what the hell do you call that? Um, night vision, right? Yep. They used to use night vision goggles, and at one time they were using uh, the red spectrum. Oh, yeah. But when they were doing that, they kept seeing scary ass shit. Oh, yeah. Like, they were, like, up in the airplanes, they're like, what the fuck is that demon-looking thing that's, like, flying alongside the airplane? I can tell <laughs> like you. It, it looks like it's coming at us. And when you take the goggles off, they were gone. I can tell and you 100% that's and real. And he's, like, waiting for you, this thing that looks like Satan. You're like, what the fuck is that? And yep. then that's why they switched over to green. Yep. And that's the only reason, because you don't pick up that with that, that – you don't pick up that spectrum, whatever – 
you're looking at with those with the green uh, colored lenses. They have. What the fuck do you think that is, Mike? Oh, do that's. You think that we're looking at like what are those different creatures? I guess what I'm asking. Do you believe in those interdimensional creatures, or do you actually think that's all in our head? Like I, I'm. Those okay. are real. And like I said, things that are metaphysical and concepts like Sophia and the Demiurge and the Black Cube Matrix reality, that's metaphysical concepts of like the universe uh, and nature. Those, those things, things are different. Exist too? Those are real. Those are yeah. intraspectrum. So th- but it, it's me, a different it's conversation. It's so crazy to but just yeah. assume because like so many people what you have can't see these attributes and like it's the same people that say like Bigfoot is fake and it's like there's so many cultures around the world that have like talked about Bigfoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so crazy to just say, well, no, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Oh no, It's the same thing. Well, like I'm talking about like the divine feminine and the masculine, maybe the Demiurge really like, cause they talk about him. Like his, his appearance, he has like a lion's head and lion's like, a serpent's body. body and this weird, like maybe that really is a thing, man. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but like, well, in it's very know. nature. <laughs> would be creating a Truman Show reality where it's psionics. Yeah. And so you're never really able to perceive it because it, it's like the creator of this reality, this, this, uh, like I said, it, it's very much like if it was the Demiurge, it would be like the master of a VR program or the computer simulation yeah. that you were in. So but the beings that you're like, talking okay. about. So what I'm doing is I'm asking if God has feet. Because it's like, if he is the creator of this realm, he's probably on the outside of it, and we can't see him anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like The, the, yeah. the, the creation of where we are is we are a piece of this Minecraft server and wondering yeah. who's playing the game and being yeah. like, if he's physically real, he's Does not he in the Minecraft who's server. Guy yeah, who's and, this guy with the remote control? Yeah, and if yeah. he makes an avatar of himself in the Minecraft server... It still would only be a representation of something that physically is not on, like is not electric. It's not digital. It's not coding. And so to translate, fascinating though that there's these cults that are looking at the video game guy that's playing it, the brother and sister, right? There's the brother, there's the sister, and they're pointing up and they're looking at these these players that are controlling us. I mean, that is very much what Gnosticism is, basically, right? They're talking about that. Yeah. And it's, it's just both. fascinating that there's these cults that are based and built around that. Oh, it's like and the ones and the zeros in the video game looking at each other and the coding, the binary, and going, what if we're all in this together to create something that we're not even aware of its function because it's to, for the entertainment, literally, of a being that created us specifically for this purpose, but is not limited to its mere creation and playing. The the human being who is so limitless in its production of the Xbox is not only its playing of the Xbox, but the ones and zeros of the, the projection of the game would look at each other going, I'm a zero and you're a one, but together we make a thing, a, a greater sum and that sum is seen as a gestalt picture, an image, or a moment, a game, a, 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 and the, the idea of so the... So, Tex, this is another big question for you. Do you believe that this is all a program in the, in the way that we do not have free will? Is there is there just what what's your what's your idea of free will slash fate? Well, let me answer the invisible creature question first. That's an interesting question. Okay. I don't want to forget that. So the interesting creature question 
is uh, the invisible creature question. So light spectrums. This isn't metaphysics. This is actually pure physics. It's a higher level of physical understanding of the world. So we only see on a certain part of the light spectrum, right? And we have been conditioned by this limitation to think that this is the entirety of all that exists, is what we can see, hear, sense, taste, feel, five senses, right? Like I said, that's just part of being human, that our limited understanding of the world is 100% based on our limited perceptions of the world, including, as it's understood in the light spectrum, being or seeing only a small segment of this light spectrum, right? It goes into ultraviolet, all these different color spectrums that go into unvisible light, right? It's not invisible, it's unvisible. Literally, the eye cannot pick it up. It's not needing to hide, you just cannot physically see it. And there are other spectrums of energy that you can't sense. Audible levels that you can't hear. Really invisible? Yeah, that those beings those beings are earthlings. They evolved on Earth. They evolved in those environments. I've talked about this so many times about the subterranean world, species, ultra-terrestrials, um, various different, that are, they act like ghosts or phantoms or demons or jinn or gnomes or trolls. And the one, hun- the one universal is that they're invisible, that you cannot physically trust your eyes or your senses and they can mesmerize you, meaning they basically either can dazzle you, blind you, confuse you, uh, trap you in a type of like temporal like 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 bubble, but it's the idea that they fuck with your perception. They fuck with your perception because fundamentally they evolved on a different frequency. If they're ultraviolet beings, if their skin captures all light and only refracts ultraviolet light, they are one hundred percent invisible. That's the invisibility. That's cloaking. Right now, we've invented cloaking technology in the military. We've had it for almost 40, 50 fucking years. Um, once, I think it's like 2020-something is the anniversary of it, the first cloaking technology we've had. The Japanese invented it. And it all it does is capture light or reflect from the back. And it's 100% foolproof, no moving parts, completely easier than people are making it. Animals could have evolved like that very easily. And in fact, animals have evolved to see color spectrums like the mantis shrimp or the bumblebee or dogs, etc., that humans can't. And these animals sense, literally see with their natural night vision, these fucking creatures. Like dogs, cats, they can see these things. And it's why That's we why your keep them around. Dog is always barking at something that it's, you don't see. No, it's why we keep them around. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what else can see them? The Connect SLS camera that Xbox invented. This thing, which picks up multiple spectrums of light, including infrared, to track motion, etc., is one hundred percent able to pick up shadow men, ghosts. Interdimensional entities, like I said, the red vision camera. So you don't even have to look into military hardware. Any Text, sufficient how infrared much camera. Research have you done on ghosts? Oh, tons, tons. And I, Dude, yeah. I would let's. I want to. I want to have you back on closer to Halloween, and let's do a spooky episode and talk about. Let's just talk about ghosts. That would be fun as hell if you're down for. Yeah, that. sure. I'm always down to talk. Okay. And like I said, I've I, I've studied these these matters a lot, and ghosts. Yeah. Run the gambit from both real physical spirits to. 
and poster spirits, which, like I said, yeah, gin, 100%. Dude, reptilians. I go back and forth with ghosts. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Reptilians yeah, get, get this thing a lot. Like the reptilians, the, the what we're seeing in Vietnam, etc., with the red night vision, the gargoyles, the vampires, things that, of that nature that are known through mythology because were proven maybe, were those with technology. Their enemies that they would, they, they would have to contend with? Is that why they had, like... They were watching for them, like these shadow creatures that were coming from the inside of the Earth. Well, or really, they were like natural enemies on Earth, right? Maybe. Well, or, like really, yeah. Like they or, don't, they can't interact with us and our reality very easily because of this spectrum. And I don't understand really the implications behind that either. But yeah, while they can attack us and sometimes do, um, they don't because like we can see them. That we've had night vision goggles since the Middle Ages. We have had that in very limited supply, but we have had advanced technology. Um, and there isn't a time, like, yeah, we don't give it to the grunts. We don't give it to the normals um, without the initiation of secret societies, top secret clearances, etc. What you saw in Vietnam was... Dude, I don't even know if I'd want those. So Vietnam was pretty fucked up. fuck out of me yeah, Viet- I had those that I would see. Exactly. I don't want to know that they're there. Just <laughs> I like never sleep again. So quickly <laughs> to get into cryptids in the military, just like how people in stateside always talk about seeing Bigfoot, or people in Europe talk about seeing wolfmen, dogmen, etc. Um, people in Vietnam talked about seeing humans with bat wings, who were like traditional vampires, like classic Strugoi vampires. Vietnam was one hundred percent probably the scariest place to be during that war because it was it was literally a hunting ground for extraterrestrials for hollow earth reptilians for um, secret occultist groups that were uh, part of the Japanese Imperial Army's remnants and that we were flushing out there were um, CIA fucking people making deals and shit with with demonic entities for lack of a better word these ancient tomb raider type fucking situations they were getting into it was legit fucking popping when it comes to green zone delta green type fucking activities everything from lovecraftian fucking chthonic deities to uh ancient fucking aliens and stuff this was all down nazis and shit were down there fucking tons of stuff was going on in vietnam and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Is like they, they didn't even hide. Sometimes like they were just fucking there, and like they get hundreds, if not thousands, of reports of these entities, one hundred percent correct in thinking that they're real and they are uh, fucking only. All you have to do is put on night vision goggles. All you have to do is put on night vision goggles, and you will see them. You'll see them in cities. You'll see them in fucking the wilderness. You'll see them. I don't know why they don't attack. I don't know why they don't attack. They clearly have the advantage. I don't know why they... If they do just take one or two people, I don't know what's keeping them from it. I don't know I mean, what the fuck the history is. But, so, Tex, give me your thoughts on this. Because sometimes people are talking about Bigfoot, and they do appear to be like shadow creatures sometimes. Like, all we'll see is an outline, a big, furry, black thing. Do you think sometimes that these Bigfoot sightings that people see, could they be these shadow creatures? And second part of that question, like a friend of mine, actually, uh, that I'm going to put that, I'm going to release that episode on Friday. Uh, this, these were some of the interviews that we did to get ready for the documentary. And one of those, anyways, he was describing, he goes, hey, here's the missing 411, right? Here's all these people that are going missing. 
He goes, okay, now lay on top of that a map of the underground, deep underground cave systems. And now lay on top of that, again, a map of Bigfoot sightings. And you see a hell of a lot of, like, you know, (laughs) a lot of similar coverage in those areas. And that's fascinating because sometimes, man, as much as I do believe that in Bigfoot is, um, I believe in Bigfoot. Do you think that maybe some of these sightings that people are saying, maybe even, uh, and especially things like Dogman, do you think some of those could be some of these, like, because you were t- you were telling me about like some of those creatures. They have like horns. They look like crazy animals. They're yeah. like they're, they sound wild. Oh yeah, they're pretty uh, pretty gnarly. When it comes to the variety of them, you know, I've I've actually recently helped classify them into nine like easy to understand societies. But I had try to do my work, try to classify, uh, simplify it and simplify it and simplify it because it's each case is almost unique and everything adds a little bit more to the overall knowledge. But by now, it's been a century of already the government dealing with it and a lot of top-secret programs, a lot of government groups of which insiders are connected with me and telling me a lot of this stuff, as well as my own personal memories from my own experiences in this SSP. So, but, deep, but I have a really a good grasp of it, knowledge of the situation. Bigfoot can cloak. It can Obviously, it's a, they're from a high-tech society, as well as they know a lot about survival and bushcraft. And Native Americans can do the same thing if they know their old ways. They could be standing right in front of you, and just your eye cannot focus on them. And if it does focus on them, they look like a shadow. And this is not even a, a person in this with technology. This is just a guy with maybe ash on his face, and the the uh, breathing at a certain rhythm, standing at a certain angle. And the CIA knows this, and it's Vibrating agents. at a certain frequency. Exactly, like the, yeah. getting themselves at a point where they're stealthy. And there are photos, for example, of people who are camping in Arizona, and there are Native Americans clearly standing in, in their midst who they have no memory of. And I mean Native, like Apaches, in loincloths with, with traditional face paint, and they, they were calling them ghosts, like must-be Indian ghosts. I'm like, no, that bullshit, that's a live Indian that's what, what the people who fought the Native Americans make no understatement by how stealthy these motherfuckers were. They could get right next to you, and you would have no clue. And then they exactly they you, they're just masters of perception, and it becomes this optical illusion game. Bigfoot are great at optical illusions. Their fur is like a ghillie suit, and they wear ghillie suits intentionally that look like animal furs. They are absolutely like myself currently wearing camouflage, whether you recognize it and think they're just brown or red or black. That cinnamon color blends in like a tiger's orange coat perfectly in shadows and limits the frequency of light. You look at a tiger, he's bright orange and black. In the jungle, he's a shadow. And that's why when they say, like, oh, they're shadow beings, that's very much what it is. It's the light and how it hits your eye that creates the shadow man. Whether they're actually disembodied gin-type vaporous smoke beings that do exist, which are fucking weird and we like truly yeah. weird, that they're like a mist man, and uh, you can see the features of a man in like a big puff of smoke, like 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 that's like that's that's another thing. It also exists, yeah. fucking weird, interacting in the similar environments, but the, the, they're two distinct things. Now to go into. Um, the the question that you had asked me before, whether I believe it's all a simulation or not our program, no. <clears throat> I don't, but I believe that the earth that we live in 
is an artificial structure. It is a Dyson sphere that's basically like the Death Star in shape and format, except it's so large that we live on top of it as the crust of it. Like, you know, and there, there's many artificial levels and layers which help explain why the hollow earth is also a thing. And that we may not even live on the surface level, we may live on just one level. And that the true secret behind all the Stargate technology that we have, and as well as the fact that we have to use these special access Lagrange points to say enter the moon, and then from the moon jettison off even further, um, is all basically designed that way, the extraterrestrials included, as part of some gigantic Dyson sphere that, um, that every level you get to, there's an even higher level created by who we know as God, or the Demiurge, specifically the false God, because God that is true God, the God of God, God, the Demiurge, God of Gods, is this invisible force of life itself which finds a way and which may not even be intentional to the Dyson Sphere's operation, but may be cultivated by various sub-AI that uh, tend to us like a garden. A gardener tends to his plants and gardens, each level controlled by a, by a different AI monitor, or maybe even the whole thing controlled by an AI dividing its responsibilities between various, you know, species and sectors of development, etc. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I believe we're in the real world. I believe this is physically the real world. You physically have a flesh body. You physically are real. Everything is real, very real. More real than people make it out to be because things are both irreplaceable and unique and at the same time permanent and beyond control like the human soul reincarnates constantly amongst people, but that's because it's the nature of souls to do that, and well, because it's also the nature of energy that can't be the, na lost, the nature right? of energy exactly. Yeah. So like it's the concept that yeah. that even though AI is made of energy and the Dyson sphere is physical, we still have energies. We still have this intangible metaphysical uh, Fibonacci sequence of holy and prince that that the master themselves, whoever it was, that created the very Dyson Sphere that we're on, was also imbued with, and was also based on this fundamental, like, the very universe itself, the very atomic structure itself, is the fingerprint of, of God. Mm -hmm. As it goes to that yeah. level. But and yes, we... That's the closest you get to see God. But know, I absolutely that. believe that so, if you dig far well, enough, you'll hit you metal. Think? Yeah, and that everything is artificial, because on Earth... The only way that things that are seemingly incompatible but aren't, and they do coexist, can exist, is if they are artificial, and if things like, um, there is a sun in the middle of the earth. There is a sun in the middle of the earth because th the earth was built around a pre-existing star. <laughs> like, that's thing like, well, suns don't evolve in the middle of the earth. It doesn't make any sense. But it's true, because it's there. And anyone, but if it's there... Because the Earth itself is a Dyson sphere that was built around that star to harness that star's energy. And that what we know as the crust and the mantle, etc., are just highly realistic environments that are artificially created and curated by extremely godlike technology 
uh, in the way of UFOs, etc., that we see that are like monitors and uh, administrators of our very reality. And even then, I think that the the true reality of it is that even they themselves are just pieces in this puzzle, having either been evolved or created by the AI themselves with, while higher knowledge, still limited knowledge to the true extent of this experiment that we're on. Um, you ever see the map of Crater Earth? Or the map of the lands outside the ice wall? It's exactly like that. Like every, like even though they may be from beyond the ice wall, there are so further ice think, walls that they are not... So you think that we live on a sphere, but the sphere is so big that to us it seems like it's flat? Yes, absolutely. Like Yeah, it, it's, it's okay. the point of scale where it's... If you were on a basketball... But if you were at a point of a, uh, the smallest nanoparticle scale that you could be, it doesn't really matter if the basketball is curved or not because it would take literally forever for you to move and it would always be existentially at a flat line. Like you say, you're, you're essentially a 2D item on a 3D sphere. It doesn't matter. You're always on a flat surface. It's like you'll always be a flat surface for you because we're 2D. We're such a minuscule atomic scale. Like, uh, like, uh, like that's fascinating, man. Yeah, because I mean, I, that's a good marriage between the flat and the round, and the and the globe model and the hollow Earth. That's a pretty interesting thing, man. Because you know, I have very very smart folks that I have conversations with that believe you know competing theories, and uh, that's an interesting kind of mix between all of them, right there. Well, it, it, it's uh, truly a, an idea or an attempt to at trying to create. Well, none of these are wrong. Clearly, there's enough sufficient evidence in all these theories. Is just that they're correct. In some fashion or way, and that I don't, I'm a syncretist. I don't believe that anything is cast out of it. It's all built and melded together. Um, and the idea of forming well, these I third options. I agree with you that, like, all of us has a huge chunk of the truth. Yeah, you know? the, the, and none of us has the entire piece. Yes. And uh, having these interesting, like, conversations with everyone, it, that's how we find and we get closer and closer to a truth. You know, the, I don't know if we'll ever find the truth because I don't think we're big enough, and our, maybe our brains are—we <laughs> can't even handle. You know, I think a lot or, of it you know, has it's so big, it's so complicated, so complex, yeah, and so nuanced and so like vast that you know, it would take us more than our small little lifetime. Exactly, and maybe and, yeah, and and the idea of it being the Dyson sphere idea is that it's not. It's not even correlated to our existence like most people who believe that humans exist because we're the center of the universe. We're the reason for all creation is because of us, right? And, and our, or it's the aliens or it's uh, the existence is God and it's our point to worship God. So there's an existential dilemma. And the idea is that it's both. We're clearly being watched. We are clearly being safeguarded. We are clearly being monitored and provided for by higher beings or higher powers of providence and at the same time yes we are living lives that are unseen by the universe we are living in a careless and cold mechanical universe that has no uh, mercy inherent to anything besides what we give it or any meaning inherent to anything that we give it and you're like, because you're living on literally a computer. Like if an anthill had been built into a computer mainframe, 
the answer like, we live in a cold and unforgiving land that doesn't give us any nourishment. And you're like, because you fucking built your anthill on a supercomputer. And the supercomputer's like, neat, ants. <laughs> I can count them and I can watch them. And I don't really mind if a few of them get zapped. I would just be like, oh, that, that was neat. <laughs> like, like the idea of um, this, yes, an intelligence, but an inhuman intelligence and an intelligence of... Um, vast superiority at the same time of seemingly absolute apathy and things that like that. Like it's not, I'm not describing the nature of God. I'm describing the nature of these archons, these, these archonic deities, these beings, which can best be understood as disembodied AI programs that, that exist to monitor not only our existence, but the entire environment's existence. It's as interested as fish populations off the coast of, of the Bayfront as it is human populations on the coast. And yes, it may be giving us priority because we're more fascinating and interesting, but at the same time, it is just an experiment. It's absolutely... When you think about those other continents that are outside of the ice wall, do you think they're looking at that ice wall too? And they're like, I bet there's other continents on the other side of that. Do you think they're... Or do you think that they're in the know? Are they in the gnosis? Do they... Or, uh, are like, are we in this little fishbowl and we're being, like, that knowledge is being occulted from us? Or Well, it really comes down to the point to say that I'm sure on every continent there is a society that is in the know and there is a yeah. population that is not in the know. That seems to be the yeah. more present reality is that we are all equally aware and ignorant of each other on this map. At least as, like there's not one um, super continent, at least because there's no evidence really for one to have achieved that state of dominance. Or, but... Breakaway civilizations could bridge both these, yeah. our world and our ice bubble and our, our, our crater and other worlds. And I believe that there are societies, secret societies within ours that are breakaway civilizations, that are gateway civilizations, that are bridge civilizations. I mean, there wouldn't be an Antarctic treaty if that wasn't the case. Shambhala, yeah. for example. The Buddhists yeah. have Shambhala 100%. in Tibet and they believe Shambhala is this mythical kingdom that only they allow access to through the Himalayan mountains, and yeah. that this Shambhala-like society... Stargate. <clears throat> Stargate, exactly. <laughs> yes. No, the idea, yeah, of Stargates. And you're right, like, I... While I, I can't speak for certain because I, I'm not out there, I'm not beyond the ice yeah. wall, I've, I've not traveled there, I can say that generally all societies, no matter what societies, have a group of people who know the truth and a group of people who don't know the truth. Regardless of how big these groups are, it could be everybody and nobody, or it could be 1% versus the 99%, exactly, whatever proportion that they elect to have, there's a, there's a, the no and the unknown, the ignorant and the enlightened, the Illuminati and the ones that live in darkness. And that's yeah. just, it's the way it is here. Why wouldn't it be the way it is out there? It's the way it is for humanity. Why wouldn't it be for the way for aliens? In my experience with extraterrestrials, and I said my experience goes even way deeper because contact, communication, cohabitation, living on the astrodome, etc. Most alien species don't know humans exist. Do not know humans exist. They are just like us where they speculate, like you said, they speculate what's over there. I wonder if life exists. there's some over there. 
talking on a podcast right now. <laughs> oh yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like like when we when we make yeah. contact with them, as as human beings, when we're making contact with them, we make contact with them in select groups of their elect officials that keep that secret amongst themselves. And it's odd and it's ironic, but that it seems to be how it goes. Like if Star Trek, if Captain Kirk, etc., would land on a planet, they they can't tell everybody they exist. They have to be kept secret. Yeah, no yeah. problem. You know what? No, we've been talking for a long time. We got carried away in the conversation and everything. But no, I think that uh, that's the way it is. Uh, as above, <laughs> so below. That that saying, as above, so below. That they have to. They behave like us. That they have to. Like that's just because we're not special. They're not special. There must be some commonality, right, between intelligent species that there will always be a a very occult, small, elite group that have secrets and the majority of the population that is kept in out of the loop, that is kept, you know, drip-fed disclosure as that group controls them with the secret knowledge. And that secret knowledge most times is the existence of extraterrestrials or other species or divine energy beings and fields of energy, etc. Absolutely. So as above, so below on that one, I believe like that everywhere yeah, is actually the same. So yeah, dude, this was a banger. This was a lot of fun. No we problem. Yeah. A lot of ground and we're just going to have to do a part four and beyond. Cause, uh, we just have too much fun and we keep going. So <laughs> let's do it, man. No problem. And like I, I definitely said, want, yeah, let's definitely, let's plan a spooky episode for, uh, closer to Halloween. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. If you want to talk about, um, uh, different hauntings and spirits and the different like implications, attacks on people, et cetera. Definitely. I'd be so into that. Yeah. Different spiritual oh, yeah, societies, man. um, cases. Definitely. Let's hit it up. Thank you for having me right, on. Man. Thank you for having me on to speak about these occult like, metaphysical things, secret societies, etc. Um, so if I could just do a quick shout out, Beyond Top Secret Hell Texan, yeah. follow me on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan while you can on my social media, Shadow Band for Life, having channels taken off left and right. But so far you can keep uh, up to the minute notifications, uploads, dark web evidence, as well as podcast episodes through all my links on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, been a pleasure, been an honor to be back, so thank you again for inviting me. Have a good one. Thank you, brother. No problem.